welcome to episode number 42 of the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. Uh, I'm very happy that we finally hit 42. Um, so, the answer to life and everything else. <laughs> so, the ultimate um, question of life, the universe, and everything. Yes, there we go. <laughs> so My brain still does not all together today, but it's all good. Uh, I am your host, Rob. Joining me tonight is Fesh. Hello. Uh, somebody that hasn't joined us in quite a while. Um, you hear her, uh, you know, you <laughs> hear his <laughs> wife, hear his Jada. wife, Jada, frequently, but our resident Star Wars guru, Fish is back. Uh, Cat. Hi. And newly married, Bill. Hi, everybody. Uh, I think it's interesting that this episode is a Star Wars episode and the timing is right. But it really should be Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy episode if it's episode 42. It's true. That's right. true. I mean, <laughs> we can... Wrong. I don't, don't worry. Douglas Adams would accept a do-over. Okay. I think so. <laughs> that's actually, yeah, I think that's really very accurate. Um, obviously, I know we missed uh, an a episode in there in the mix. Um, since the last episode, which came out, I think, in October, the very... Well, early the, November. It came out very, very early November. Uh, since then, uh, we had a Halloween party from when we recorded... We had a wedding, which was Bill's. Yep. Uh, we had Extra Life. We had Pax Unplugged and Thanksgiving. So um, it's been a busy month and a half. Yeah, yeah it really, yes. really has been. Oh so uh, I'm really happy that we're finally now getting a chance to sit down. And we were going to do a villains episode for this episode, but then we realized the timing. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we're like, it's probably wiser for us to talk Star Wars this week. So our next episode will be the villains episode, as I did mention on uh, another show, uh, on the DC Primetime show, that that was our original plan, but uh, next month will be villains. Uh, but this is kind of a two-part episode. After we record this episode, a couple days after this, and actually probably the day you're hearing this if you listen to the show timely, um, the day after is The Last Jedi. A couple days later, a few of us are going to do our best to get together on Facebook and hash out a time. We're going to jump on Skype. And do our spoiler cast for The Last Jedi. So hopefully that'll be coming out shortly after this does. Hopefully within about a week's time. So fair warning. So we are not giving you any Last Jedi spoilers here. uh, Like we normally do with our Star Wars episodes that come out in December. But again, you're hearing everything just leading up to two or three days prior to. But without any other discussions, let's dive into this episode the way that we always do. And that is the question of this for everybody tonight. Would you rather have a droid companion, and it can be any droid type of your choice, not just specifics, or have a Wookiee companion in the Star Wars universe, or actually even in just your current day life, whatever you you would prefer? Before we jump into this, I formally request to go last so people can change <laughs> my mind. Okay. So we're going to start with Cat. Okay. Um, I mean, mine's pretty clear. I want a droid companion. I don't want a... a um protocol droid but because i just find them annoying but <laughs> you want like a biped droid or a trundler or a um i don't that's know that's really tricky or a one of those yeah one of the little mouse droid that'd be fantastic and so um i mean honestly it's a no-brainer for me because i mean wookies really annoy me Really? Yeah, they do. I mean, I, I like Chewie as a character, but dude, like, like, like the Christmas special is torture. Think about it. If you had to like, eat, I couldn't stand listening to like five minutes of the Star Wars Christmas special in Wookiee. If you had that all the time, I would murder someone. Well, let's see if I'm. Try- I can hear all the beep boop beep boops. It's high pitched like me. We can speak in the right. Wait a second. First and foremost, everything is torture about the uh, the Christmas special. 
Uh, what, what, we, 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 we don't like talkative? we don't like lumpy and, and scratchy. Yeah. Are Wookiees really that talkative though? They don't come across to me as being highly talkative. Critters. See, but what if Chewie's like the outlier and he's the quiet one of the family, and everyone else is really noisy and they never shut up? Oh, oh, like the McIntyres. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Like McIntyres. If I'm gonna have something that's really noisy and never shuts up, I want like an R two where it's like. Beep, like that's adorable and I can handle that register for a very long time I love I love that we started this off with droid impersonations and I think if you're choosing droid you have to make some form of impersonation of a droid so I think that's just the way it goes um alright so Kat has has tossed her hat in the droid ring uh let's go to Fesh Wookie hands down a Wookie it's like having a gigantic bodyguard Right? Now, feeding him's going to be a bit really problematic. Stinky. Unless he gets wet, and then he's a stinky I'm, bodyguard. I'm okay with yes. that, because at the end of the day, a Wookiee is warmth. You can cuddle up with a Wookiee. Good luck cuddling up with a droid. Cat, you're going to wake up frozen, so to a, frozen to a droid. You know, they do make droids. Never mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm going, I'm going Wookiee 100% of the way. Okay. All right. Fish. I am torn. Um, I don't know if I want like a droid more like K2SO and security type droid. Um, or if I do want the classic R2 unit. Because, um, well, even going Chopper is awesome. I love Chopper. Um, but I definitely would have to say droid. Droid? Yes. Okay. Um, Alright, now you have to do a droid. Droid impersonation. No. Not do a droid. Do a droid impersonation. <laughs> do a droid. Do a droid. <laughs> oh, I forgot to add that other thing about Wookiee. Yeah. How come he didn't have to do a Wookiee impersonation? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Wookie. Go ahead. Give us a Wookiee. You want me to give you a Wookiee impersonation? Sure. Hi, my name is George. This Wookiee just happened to be raised by humans. Went to Harvard. Highly skilled. He's, he's not going to play into your preconcepts of what Wookiees are. It's a long, illustrious culture. And, uh, yeah. And actually, you did give us a good droid, too. That was just a protocol droid. That's yeah. all. And they just, they just talk like everybody else. Right. Um, as long as they're programmed better than 3PO. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for me, I'm going droid as well. Uh, I think droid is the right call on this. Uh, there's tons and tons of droids to pull from, but if I'm going to pull from any droid type, like HK-47 style, say, I think I seems like the right, yeah. right mixture and the right bet. And I would take a little bit of, like, uh, you know, the, you know, K2SO style droid. Yeah. And maybe it's just HK-47, but that just happens to Updating, talk like Wash. Right? <laughs> so, and so I was like, and we will call it the good to this land, and we will call it this land, you know. <laughs> um, Bill. Yeah. So, so, Mike, what does a mouse droid do? Um, it, it delivers messages. Yes. Aww, wait, cute. wait a second. Wait a second. In the future, yes. all the communication yes. capabilities they yeah. have, yep. they have tiny robots that deliver messages. Yep. Okay. It's, no, I, I it just... Aww, hmm. precious. So, you're, you're still thinking honestly, of a I message were, just like a written yeah. thing that... No, it's a secure transport for a gotcha. message. That See, makes sense. I just thought they were Roombas. You, you actually... I'm not going to lie. Right. DJ yeah. Roomba. And you saw its reaction. It ran away. That's because it's protecting its secrets. That makes ah. sense. It Aww. still seems like a faulty system. I don't know. <laughs> I feel well, like there would be better ways to encrypt to laser messages in the future. It's on their, you know, moon-sized base. Fiber optics are a thing. With a yeah. whole bunch of... Okay. Not, not a thing. <laughs> not in 1977. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I'd have to go with, like, a gonk droid. Gonk. 
Gong. You, you want a battery droid? <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. So you can recharge your phone? Exactly. You <laughs> can follow me around and I'll be like, okay, I'm playing Ingress. Oh, shit, my battery's about to die. Hey, Gonk, come here. <laughs> and then, honestly, like, as you're, like, have to run to hit, tag, like, tag a portal and it's, like, 20 minutes later, it finally gets to where it needs to. Yeah. You're ready to move on. Well, the best thing was, so we, we have a Gonk droid in the Star Wars game that I'm playing in that's been uh, modified to have some semblance of self and it is the saddest droid you would ever <laughs> imagine. So we can tie it back to the 42 and angle and it's the Marvin of Star Wars Gunk it droids. Really is. <laughs> I, I ran a uh, bounty hunter campaign and uh, I had three players. They bought a battery droid. They put a tray on the front of it and it walked around as the mobile bar. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. And it's nice and flat and square on the top, yeah. so you have a place to put your drink. Mm-hmm. The problem is it wobbles, though, when it walks. It does. It's that's why they put the tray on it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. You get the, uh, what, the... Nice little gimbals. Yeah. Stabilization. Yep. Yeah. All right. So because this is our Star Wars episode, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to go over some of our favorite things from Star Wars, why Star Wars is special to us, kind of similar in the way that we did like our Disney episode, Harry Potter, all those things. Um, mm-hmm. But when we get to the very end of this is when we'll start doing our predictions towards Last Jedi. So so I figured the best place for us to start this is kind of the way we start most of these themed pieces is, um, you know, is specifically our favorite memories of Star Wars and why it's actually is important to us as it is because almost everybody at this table i would say is a very avid average star wars fan um one way shape or form whether it was from a movie you watched or maybe a game you played a book you read you've got a connection some way shape and form um i mean you know fish here is like i said probably knows more about star wars than anybody else i know one person at this table this has a stormtrooper <laughs> suit that he spent over a thousand dollars on yeah. so <laughs> I, that gives you a, a good, good idea about the people it at this is. table. It's pretty awesome. So, um, so why don't we start there then? So, favorite memory of Star Wars and why that's maybe that important memory to you. I'm sure if you've heard these shows in the past, some of these answers will be retreaded from some of the previous shows we've talked about in the past or a Star Wars episode in the past. Um, so, let's start with Bill. So, I think the best, my favorite memory of Star Wars has to be from when I was watching, you know, the original Star Wars A New Hope for the first time as a kid. Uh, and it wasn't when, like, you know, oh, look, we have this big space battle or, you know, the first, like, Jawa you see or the first Tusken Raider you see. But it was the first time they stepped into the Mos Eisley Cantina because it was like, holy crap, there's a whole lot of aliens here. <laughs> and they're all listening to really awesome music right now, just having a good time. And everybody's interacting with everybody else, like... You know, being an alien wasn't such a weird thing. And I loved, I, I loved, again, I come back to the music here. I, I've i still wanted to figure out how to uh, build an instrument that would look like some of the instruments they played. And play the music from, you know, the Cantina song. <laughs> Very nice. That would be awesome. Um, now, why is it so important to you, though, is... Is, is it maybe something that it just connected with you so well at that time? Or is this kind of that sense of wonder? Or It was that sense of wonder. Like, it was it was pretty cool. I'm like, okay, there's this planet far, far away that has, you know, a bar or a restaurant, which I really, I guess I didn't really know what a bar was at that point <laughs> in my life. Um, but aliens. hey, they, they, 
they have blue quick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. And it just, the, the, the wonder really, I guess, kind of struck me at that point. And I wanted to continue watching more and more until I finished the Star Wars series pretty quickly because we had them all on tape. It was mm-hmm. the 90s and they were <laughs> taped from some weird like CBS video copy of Star Wars. And we had a lot of tapes that were copies of tapes growing oh, yeah. up. I think a lot of us did. Growing up the era of VHS, I think that is just uh-huh. kind of like, oh, you have that. Yeah. I also have a VHS machine. The okay. 80s, the 80s was the, the, the time for pirating. And not just VHS, man, floppies. Anybody remember floppies? We used to go to floppy parties on the Alabama University. My dad was into ham radio operating, a bunch of other stuff. So he knew a bunch of geeks. And we would literally go to these like parties on the campus where everybody would bring whatever games and other things they had and just rip them. Just rip them and distribute. It was insanity. Well, no, I, I get that because like I remember a lot of video games I played on my PC back in the day. And then the biggest thing you had to figure out was, okay, I need to photocopy two pieces of paper, cut out these tiny little squares to make yeah. a dial to become... <laughs> What I need is my DRM copy protection and how to read a code that I'm going to be asked. So it was even better in my household because those copy protected games, my dad and his buddies at work used to actually go into the code and make it so that, oh, look, we're only going to ask you this one question to get into the game. So you only need to remember one answer. You don't need to remember every single answer or have the instruction book or have the dial. Yeah. Oh, no, there was one that was... I. It sticks to actually it sticks to this whole lore, but was uh, a Star Wars game that was part of the Lucas Arts Adventure Game series, and uh, and the only way you could play that game was a little red piece of film, and there was a code book, and the only way you could read it was this red piece of film. But oh all of us quickly realized, hey, our parents have red cellophane. This is all we need, and yeah. it was a <laughs> descramble the blue that's over top of it, so you can read a five digit code. So. Oh my gosh. Yoda stories for Windows 95. Hmm? I just remember games that didn't have copy protection. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm old. (laughs) Just copy it straight to a different disc. Um, Fesh. Favorite memories of Star Wars. Uh, It all comes back to childhood. I think I I mirror on Bill's, you know, such a young, impressionable age. We also had VHSs of all three. I used to, like, We'd binge them on some days, and other days I just rewatch. Uh, usually, A New Hope, honestly, over and over and over and over again. <laughs> so there's a lot of nostalgia attached to it. A lot of that growing up, you know. So it, it definitely occupies a very, very uh, cherished place in my heart. I think I like the space battles the most, to be completely honest. But growing up in the military near Air Force bases, as much as I did, I think sense. there was there yeah. was a certain fascination with the idea of space battles versus you know. Inner, inner, you know, just regular, regular air battles like we have here on Earth. So, trying to think of a technical term and <laughs> dogfights. So, dogfights. Thank you. Yeah, no, outer space dogfights would be awesome, wouldn't they? That'd be, that's that's oh, what they did. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it, it, it just anytime I, I watch uh, any any of the original three, it just you, I get this warm fuzzy feeling. Yeah. You know, and it can't be shaken, and it's just it's it's a wonderful pickup nowadays. You know. So, Cat, how about you? Um, so mine's going to be a weird outlier with this because I actually didn't see four through six until I was in high school. Um, we just didn't have it in the house growing up, so we didn't watch it. And, um, I mean, I, as Rob can attest, I saw very few movies before we started 
<laughs> like the list was teeny, teeny, we fixed tiny. That. We have, yeah. But um, so when I first watched the Star Wars movies, though, I thought they were very fun, but I didn't get the like the whole mania with it, and I didn't like get super geek out about it until I first played Knights of the Old Republic. That was honestly the game changer for me because that game was just amazing. And um, it really submerged me into the world. Yeah, the lore. Just, that was in that general, was the yeah. first thing that really clicked in my head. Like the first time you're able to like build your own lightsaber, and it's so exciting, and you're like, "Yay!" Mm-hmm. Um, but then most recently, actually, was um, when we all saw Episode Seven. It was really really fun. Yeah, yeah, it's fun seeing the movies in a group now. I mean, I love being able like I love that we're all going out on um, Thursday to see it. Yeah, know? we have sixteen of us gathering together. Taking down an entire row of a theater for the most part, with the exception of like four seats, and we're saying like I think it's like the main theater room too, with yeah. the exception of four seats. So, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, Fish, how about you? Oh, um, growing up, uh, you know, uh, I had an X-wing. I had Luke. My best friend had the Falcon. He had Han, and we also had a Chewie, and we would just have tons of fun just playing yeah um mm-hmm. it it has to be my favorite memory is just easier days with nothing to do other than play with action figures yeah that's awesome <laughs> so why is star wars so important to you like i said your knowledge it, blows it, most people i know away it was a part of my childhood but um i found that as i grew older i've started reading the books i started playing the role-playing game, the D6 system by West End. Um, and I just... That made me fall in love with it again, was the role-playing aspect. Because up until that point, I'd been playing, like, Dungeons & Dragons and a couple other games that nobody's ever heard of. Um, <laughs> and probably for good reason. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the space setting, the fantasy aspect of it that's tied into it, it just speaks to me in volumes. Yeah, I think you kind of touch on something that we no one's really said yet. It's there's a lot of when you see things categorized, there's sci-fi and fantasies, and there's not a lot that's both. Well, so so Star Wars is space opera, right? And that usually connotates a fantasy element more than a uh, sci-fi element because the hard sci-fi is in a different category. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's I think for a lot of us though, that was the, our first entry into a lot of that. Um, I mean, or, that is the best known example of a space opera. Yeah. Honestly, if anyone's trying to idea it, that's... Not uh, a whole lot of singing going on, though, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Not that kind of, of opera. Well, she said Smack. space opera. I envision, you know... Hey, we do get one opera scene in, in the first six movies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I think that that element is really important. Um, I, I think for me, my favorite memories uh, of Star Wars is probably very similar to Bill. Uh, is actually seeing A New Hope for the very first time, and it was kind of like this is really interesting and unique. Uh, it didn't move at a snail's pace, and it kept my attention as a young kid. Um, and then the moment that they're in the cantina and you see a lightsaber for the first time, all bets are off, and you're like, that is a sword. <laughs> That is that is a that laser. Cut some guy's arm, arm off. And you're like, that was kind of amazing. And just me as a very impressionable young child was like, this opens up the whole level, new level of violence. Um, but I mean, you know, it's kind of funny though. Like that is a big entry point. But ultimately, 
you're still looking at, and I think mine's kind of a kind of more or less though a mixture of a little bit of of Bill and a little bit of Fish because Star Wars was done by the time I was born. You know, I was born in eighty one, so Empire came out in nineteen eighty. In nineteen eighty three was Jedi, and I was not old enough to know that movie even existed. Um, so me, it was just a lot of VHS tapes, and then all of a sudden, hey, the expanded universe from that started with Timothy Zahn's books, and there was like, hey, there's a Star Wars book I can read that's not Splinter of the Mind's Eye for the four hundred thousandth time from the you know my old Saint Joe's Elementary School library. Um, <laughs> Or the, like, random, I can't even remember the name of the book, but it was a Han Solo and Chewie storyline. Oh, yeah, Uh, yeah. uh, But there was not a lot of, like, expanded universe, so when that really blew up, I really just grasped onto that as a kid, and it was great. Um, And they, when all that changed, I was able to see Star Wars, even if it was a special edition to the theater for the first time, was such an amazing experience. Seeing that movie on a big screen for the very first time in my life was so just awe-inspiring and wonderful. So uh, I, it's, and I think it's just the reason why it's so important. It was, it became such a great escape for somebody that didn't have a lot of friends growing up. Um, you know, then you find, you know, people all like the people I'm surrounded at this table with that have a lot of these same loves and interests. Um, but it was such a great way to dump all of your time and effort into one thing because they became your friends. Those stories became a part of you and you could invest yourself and say, hey, I get to learn all about the planet of Hoth. Never knew I needed to know all this stuff, and I didn't <laughs> need to know all this stuff, but it was cool that I knew it. Uh, and I enjoyed learning those dumb little factoids. There was something really kind of special about them. So um, so now that we're 40 years later, which is really crazy to think that we're at 40 years after Star Wars, how do we feel that this series as a whole holds up because obviously we're talking about this middle chapter of all of this is now, you know, episode four, we're now at 40 years and now we have this real kind of slice and then you move forward and then you see episodes one through three and that holds up in a very different way now the days that we look at it. (laughs) That's a nice way of putting it in my book. (laughs) But I mean, like you really think about them, all of them have their special molds. I mean, like I said, this is a series that dug its roots in this long ago, and it has expanded, but at the same time, there is... It's still built on a premise that is 40 years back. Mm -hmm. So, I'll start out with this one, since I brought up the question. Um, Because it actually happened yesterday. We were watching... They were having a Star Wars marathon on TNT, and A New Hope was on, and I'm watching this on this big TV that's really super crisp, and I'm like... This looks really kind of rough. Like, (laughs) this set looks really, really rough and kind of staged hard a little bit. And I went on, and I'm like, okay, no, and then, you know, after they get off a Tatooine, I'm like, okay, it's a little bit better now, it's getting a little bit better. Even though, didn't they do the Tatooine stuff? No, no, they did it on location. They they did use a lot of set walls. Okay. Yeah, um, they did build some structures. Yeah. Um, the other thing you have to remember is this is the, that's the film that they had the lowest budget for. Exactly. Yeah, I know, and and it, it and unfortunately it it shows here and there, um, but it also like seemed a little I don't want to say contrived, but like at the very end, I'm thinking, wait a minute, Luke knows nothing right now, like. <laughs> 
He's he's like he's got a trust in the force, which he just learned about like not even five minutes before, and and it's like what three the? days ago at yeah. that point. Well, but still, Fa- Family Guy knocks that one out of the park in Blue Harvest. Yeah, on the Millennium Falcon, where where Han starts to to say something, mm-hmm. and then you know Luke does the oh you don't believe in the force, and Han's like uh, played okay, by religions and nature yeah. blasters. <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's it's funnier in the, in Blue Harvest where he comes back. Oh, you mean that thing you just learned about <laughs> three hours ago? And I'm thinking of like he gets ultra defensive. Yeah, so but he comes he comes a long way from A New Hope to Empire, where he's just hit you know after blowing up the Death Star, and I guess that's finally Luke's. That's really Luke's moment in. Oh, hey, he earned yeah. a lot of experience points he for that. He did earn a lot of experience points <laughs> He was able to points buy up that. a whole bunch of force skills hey, with that. he made it through a Corvette wreck, so I'm sure that the, he walked away from that one, so uh, that's definitely a level up somewhere. So, I mean, I think, you know, A New Hope, as you said, it has the lowest budget. It looked, definitely looks the roughest in parts. Um, Empire and Return of the Jedi definitely looked a lot better, like, visually. Um but I still think it can hold up. I mean, I definitely think it does hold up story-wise, because we all still love the story. Yeah. Well, so I think I want to make a counterpoint with it, because if you're introing, um, you know, new generations to Star Wars, the things that they're going to be looking for in a movie are not going to be things like that. They're not going to be critiquing, like, hmm, that looks a little rough around the edges. They're going to go, oh, it's a robot! Like... Then fall in with the storyline because a lot of kids are very easily able to latch onto that. This with is true. No and problems because they're like, as a kid, I mean, I watched some pretty shitty animation. There was like weird stuff, you know, but like, I don't care because I'm not looking for that. As an adult, you might because you're, you have a more critical mindset. But as a child, entering into that, and so I think it allows that to perpetuate because if you enter in as a kid, you can kind of fall in that veneer, so you can, you do have like a little bit of rose-colored glasses yeah. with it. I've had a much harder time with with certain older movies since I've you know since I took <laughs> took film classes and looked That's for things totally and fair. made my own yeah. films. And I'm like, it, it's it's difficult to kind of tear yourself away and keep yourself in that you know that um, whatever you say that kind of like that childlike innocence, childlike innocence. Like yeah. was you were talking about like the first time you saw a lightsaber. I'm like, well. I'd love to go back to not knowing what a lightsaber is, but you can't go back there. Like, yeah, <sighs> experiencing it for the first time. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about the story. Yeah, yeah. The the to me, the story holds up forty years later. It does. It's a timeless it's, story. It's it's not even about like. The sets. It's not mm-hmm. about. It's the story that's there. It's the emotion that it brings with it, mm-hmm. and it 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 holds up for me. You know that mm-hmm. story of trade taxation and and blockadings <laughs> and Senate hearings. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just having that fun one was good too. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Obi Wan kicks a lot of ass in that. Story. He, he really, really does. Qui Gon too. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's for a very short period of hey, time. Hey, he was the best Jedi who ever lived. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to go back and I'd love for them to make, you know, a Qui-Gon movie. Seriously. Full, full stop, they, like, I was needs gonna, to have Liam Neeson. You haven't watched The Clone Wars yet. No, I have not. They should go back and do the uh, time when he and Obi-Wan are on Mandalore. Ooh. Yeah, that would be neat. <clears throat> so, um, 
How about you, uh, you Fesh? Like, how do you feel that the franchise as a whole has aged over forty years? I think it's I think it's aged well, personally. I like mean, a yeah. fine scotch or a a, like a, a fresh like, milk, like a fine <laughs> scotch. Yeah, no, fre- yeah, aged fresh aged milk. fresh milk. That's no, Star Wars is not a cheese. Fresh blue yeah. milk, blue cheese, blue cheese. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it it aged well. Like I said, I I still I still don't like the prequels. I, I've never been been a big That's fan fair. of the prequels. But what I I think is is neat about it is my opinion on the prequels. Well, it differs with other people. They still, the franchise still went on and was, st- you know what I mean? It, it, it survived what I thought was probably some of its weaker points. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a testament to, to how endearing uh, that universe is, I think, to the general public. Because they're, it would have been very easy for people to, you know, go, oh, okay. Well, so I guess that's it for Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that, that's, that's not going to happen to books. I never read the expanded universe. It's still on my, my bucket list of things to do at some point is actually read every novel in the EU. I just Here's the good news. You don't have time. to. Anymore. You don't have to because it's not canon. I remember my brother being some royally it, pissed. Some of when, it is really hard to get through. Yeah. I remember yeah. my brother being royally pissed when they, when they, you know, Lucas came out and basically said, the, the canon means nothing, which is why it's now what Legends of, of Star Wars or what's the Star uh, Wars Legends or Star Wars Legends? Yeah, I so mean, that it's... makes sense though because after a while things can get really convoluted when you're hopping from multiple writers mm. and like oh well I mean <laughs> yeah, it's not even that but like how do you move forward when you have to weave this really tight path around? Well, this happens in a week, we so we can't use any of the characters <laughs> yeah. that were in the first movies. Yeah, which like, like what do you do? Start Episode Seven, and Mike. This is Mara Jade. She's 55 years old. Luke has got two, like, you know, they have, like, you know, there's the the solo twins and then the other solo. And then this one's fallen and everybody's like, what happened? Something went horribly tits up in the last couple of years. And it's just... But no, it, it, it held up well. Should we die by a moon up? falling on top of them? And be like, that's not a lie. That really happened. <laughs> no, nah, again, I, I think I think it's done well for us. I think it's the popularity of the the uh, the newer movies that are coming out just is a testimony to it. I don't think it's mm-hmm. it's going anywhere. I think if we could nah. jump in a time machine and, and move forwards 150 years, we'd find that there'd still be a strong element and a hell of a lot more content. Which is maybe yeah. a little worrisome for where it could go moving forwards. I mean, they're, you know, I'd like to think that if we got another trilogy somehow, or, or you know, they broke off and went and explored other parts of the universe with it moving about. forward. That's the next thing. Yeah, it, you could do it. It's just, I'm wondering at some point whether or not it's, I don't know if it's even capable of getting stale, really. As big as the, the universe is, as many things as you can do you with think- it. But you think about it. With really, how much people have expanded it. Yeah. yeah. Well, ultimately, the biggest thing is everybody remembers is what is episodes one through nine all about? Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. It's the that their family and their their story, and the people that are intermixed throughout their story. The only thing we've ever gotten in the film outside of that at all is Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Is Rogue One, and that's it. But that's still and ultimately is tied because of another yeah, a, a Skywalker yeah. is involved in there. Only by the end, yeah. But still, it, it it is something that we know. It 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 is the prologue to right everything. Well, honestly, if you um you know even look at it like the you like the world building is solid enough because I was even saying like if they were to ever you know do more Firefly for example just to jump it a little bit the thing is like the world is so unique enough 
that you could follow a different crew and do different adventures. Oh, yeah. Star Wars is even more developed, has way more history behind it, and it would be just... And again, most of this has been centered on the Skywalkers. It'd be just as easy to form a whole new thing with whole new characters. Mm-hmm. And which is Regan Johnson's whole objective is, he already said, by the time that episode 9 wraps up, they be, could be taking a break from ever going back to characters like Finn and Rey and... They already know that Rian Johnson's doing three films that have nothing to do with any character we have ever met before. Good. So yeah, I mean, again, I think that you know, the for the Star Wars legacy to live on after you know, Last Jedi, and then after Episode Nine when it comes out, is to move away from the Skywalker-centered galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Episode Nine: The Search for More Money. <laughs> I, you know, I it's really, Disney. They don't need more money. No, <laughs> no, no it's true. I, I certainly hope. Oh, bring it back to Spaceballs. Had to do it. So I certainly hope that they they eventually wrap it up in a very nice fashion, like, and that they do end the Skywalker saga because I'm not that I'm upset about you know Skywalker's being prominent in pretty much everything that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, there's. Again, there's other people in this universe. There's so much more out there, yeah. yeah. What else can we do? So, so we kind of talked about 4, 5, and 6, but I think it's kind of important still to talk about 1 through 3 because they mm. did launch... Oh, I know. We need a second. I know. Um, it did launch some important things uh, that got us to how Star Wars has survived, actually. Um, honestly, without 1 through 3, we wouldn't be getting 7 through 9. Uh, is the real truth. Because what kept Lucasfilm afloat and made Disney realize it's a viable option was Clone Wars. Yep. Clone Wars. That's true. Those characters that everybody followed and loved so much in Clone Wars, that show went on for five and a half years. And then ultimately, they were all based off of characters from three movies. When did Rebels start? Rebels is on its third year? No. Fourth. Fourth? Oh my god, it is its fourth year. Fourth and final season. Yeah, so that's 10 years of animated Star Wars. That's impressive. So it's pretty impressive to think that it was, uh, it's it's had a very fairly long journey. It was a great series. Um, it, it, the whole one of, I don't know, um, I'm kind of skipping up ahead out of order, but, um, one of the best, like, little storylines in there is the story of Fives. Fives is one of the clone troopers. His, I don't remember his full title, but his four digits at the end were 5555. Five, five, five. So everybody mm. called him Fives. Um, and he just has a little story arc in there where he appears in a sequence of episodes, which are all out of sequence in the seasons. <laughs> That's the best part about the show. <laughs> um, but They play by their own rules. But um, <laughs> it, it, you've get uh the second episode of the series is he's a rookie mm-hmm. um and rex and cody come to the listening post that they're at or something along those lines and you really get a feel for the character from that and then he reappears like in season two in another episode and you get to watch him go through training before you know entering combat i don't know if that's season two off the top of my head but i'll, I'll go with it but by the end of it he, he's the one who figures out that the chips are in their heads yeah, that they they don't have free will. Yeah, yeah. Well, that there's something. Yeah, so, something else is there. Yeah, 
and he lets Rex have the opportunity to, you know, get it removed. So it's, uh, they did some very unique, interesting things. And I do think that ultimately everybody says it best when people do remind the people that really do not enjoy episodes one through three. And there's a lot of us at that, this table that really have a lot of problems with it. Um, but it's a kid's movie. It's a, when you have Muppets train people with laser swords. <laughs> And that's talking about Empire, the movie that we all usually hold as the highest standard of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You still have to think about you have basically the equivalent of Kermit the Frog who lives in a swamp training. It's a, a, a space a, fantasy. A 20-year-old yeah. how to use a laser sword. Instead of horses, they have starfighters. You know, uh-huh. it's it, it's ultimately, it's hard to look past that and say, what was wrong with one through three? And yeah. yes, there yeah. are problems, but still it's it's... We lost a little bit of that that critical where we, we no longer could look at that in a non-critical way. Yeah, and I should I should posit some of my issues too. The story itself was was good. I loved everything connected to, to, to Clone Wars. A lot of my issues just came, I thought, really with the overuse of CGI mm-hmm. at a time when CGI was still kind of burgeoning. And it, it kind of bothered me a little bit. And there was definitely some weak acting in there. So it's not, you know, there's there are there were some poor My overall complaints have more to do with nitpicking stuff than necessarily attacking one through three in its entirety. Because there were there were many, 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 many positive things that came out of it. It's just there were there were little, like I said, things that I just my brain, I'm trying to delve in, I'm trying to suspend my disbelief, I'm trying to be enveloped, and then I'm pulled out by something. Like I said, the CGI to me was just I was like, Well, I think Ugh. what it is is when we move Puppets forward another fun. five years. <laughs> And you show a group of kids for the first time Star Wars, and they're always going to tell you one through three look the oldest out of the series. Yeah. Not four, five, and six, but probably one yeah, through three is going to look the oldest. You're probably, yeah, I think you're probably 100% right. But they they wanted to use CGI mm-hmm. in order to show that, hey, this is something that is viable. Like, mm-hmm. weren't, weren't the first, wasn't The Phantom Menace one of the first movies to really heavily use CGI and make heavily, it, yes. make it like, hey, look, wh- look at what we can do. Mm. Well, that Check was out our pod racers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the real big, huge, like, grab you by the balls film that did that was Jurassic Park. And mm-hmm. this is like, now imagine if we could do a lot of this that way. Right. But I mean, I think, I think with one through three, where it kind of shined was... The, the world-building aspect of, look, here, we're going to show you Coruscant. We're going to show you the planet that is one giant city. We're going to show you Naboo, which is this amazing green world like that you haven't really seen before in the Star Wars universe. You know, we're going to show you Kamino, which is a completely water-soaked rain world. Um, Mustafar, that's... Just volcanoes everywhere. There was so much that they were able to show you with those those movies and the, the different planets that are in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I figure, you know, looking at all that now, if we could fast forward time for ourselves a little bit, how do you think we would go back and look at episode seven? If you could try to disconnect yourself, do you think we're going to look at it with the same amount of reverence? That we look at, you know, four, five, and six, or is that going to kind of feel like a blip in the greater Star Wars? I don't think it's going to be a blip. I don't think it'll ever. 
I don't think it'll ever have the same impact just because there's there's a massive difference between something that grabs you as a child and something that you approach as an adult. Now, if, if I could, you know, clone myself and have my <laughs> seven or eight-year-old clone sit down and watch seven first. Uh, yeah. That would be... <laughs> Give it time. Yeah, I'm just... What goes on in my basement with stolen my laboratory kids, equipment is between me kids, and God. My kids love it. Yeah. Yeah. What Jude, which, Jude doesn't like it so much because of what happens with Han Solo. You can say but, it. Yeah. We're, 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 yeah. we're well past it. I know we're well yeah. past it, but, but he doesn't like it because of that. No, yeah. that's the way he says it. Well, I felt that way about I felt that way about watching Obi Wan get cut down. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny because I mean, my 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 nephews are about the same age as Jude. Yeah. Um, and they were in the Star Wars hype when they were like, because they were already introduced to Star Wars through Clone yeah. Wars, mm-hmm. and they, you know, my sister and her husband was like, "Here's episodes one through six. And they love every ounce of all that. They oh, wanted it as much as they could." They love the Sith. They, yeah. of course, like most young boys, they're obsessed with the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they saw Kylo Ren. I'm like, oh my god. And I remember most of them hating him by the end of episode seven because he took Han Solo from them. Oh. I remember that Christmas that year when he got a Kylo Ren uh, something or other and it was say very it disappointing. It's a good villain, though. It does? Yeah. Yep. Uh, it creates but, someone to hate in a great redemption arc. But uh, Jude wants to be the X-Wing pilot because he loves things that go fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Seven's going to hold a, a good so. place. Like, I, I don't think it can hold the same level of reverence that 4 through 6 do. But with what we experienced in Seven, with the new characters coming into play, that one, you know, one or two may seem Force-sensitive, um... Not, well, I guess, really, Finn's not really force sensitive. We don't know that yet. We, we yeah, know that yet. it's very early on in their story. I'm still thinking Poe. <laughs> Poe yeah. being force sensitive. Yeah, could very well be. We I mean, grew with up the way next to a force tree. I mean, with the way you know <laughs> the the way he he pilots an X wing, it could yeah, right. Uh, but with those amazing characters, and then and then them still bringing back you know Han Solo, yeah. and General Leia. Um, I love that we can call her General Leia. I know, it's pretty badass. <laughs> um, and then, you know, having the... I thought he was a pretty good villain in Kylo Ren. Like, I mean, he wasn't the foreboding, like, I am Lord Vader and I am going to just stomp over the Resistance. No, I am angry and I am going to cut the Resistance down with every fiber of my being angry. Mm-hmm. But I think you like you needed a different type of villain. You did. So you did. they achieved that. Yeah. If they had just done like a carbon copy of Vader, it was, it was a great like, mirror of what Luke was at the start of his journey. Is mm-hmm. what we got. Yeah, very whiny. <laughs> oh, we're super whiny. <laughs> I did. Instead of talking about the lack of of power converters from Tashi Station, he just wrecked shop with a lightsaber and, and, and Starkiller bases control. It's all yeah. good. But uh, so that was the one thing. Actually, that brings me to what I didn't like about Seven. Was Starkiller Base. Yeah. I thought it was like, oh, okay, the Empire had a great idea in the Death Star. Let's just make it bigger. <laughs> like, I know where you're going. Go ahead and say it. But go ahead. No, no, no. I'd like to, to be fair. Um, like, a lot of the information that's out there, uh, there are maps of the galaxy. And there's a planet called Ilm, where you're not familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's where the Jedi younglings go to find their crystals for mm-hmm. their lightsabers. Well, the Empire gutted it. 
Oh. Oh. Yeah. So what do you think uh, the First Order decided to install it in? Oh, that was Stark? That's Ilum. That's what I think. Oh. That's what I think. I don't know. It's, we it's looked not at, been proven we, anywhere. Us being it's not been said. <laughs> have looked at the Star Wars Galactic map uh-huh. from yeah. way back when. Yeah. And, and noticed, hey, when you look at that same map around the Seven timeline, where Ilum was is yeah. Starkiller base. It's originating oh. point for Episode Seven. It's a little so, too convenient for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> that would make it really And you think about, we know... Again, I'm going to pull the Ravenclaw hat again for a second and pop that on. Uh, who here at this table outside of fish knows what Star Destroyers use as their primary source for uh, their Death powers? Stars. Or well, Death Stars and well, they say some Star Destroyers. So. Mm. Yeah. And then the um, crystals? Kyber crystals. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did not How many started? Uh, Death Stars did they build? Two. Two. Did they shoot it more than once in both of those films? Yes. Yep. <laughs> I would assume that took a lot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. And on top of that, I mean, it would make sense to use a proven technology anyway. Yep. yep. I mean, honestly, the, the tech had been proven. And then you think about if, how if many thousands of Jedi and exist. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have made complete logistical sense to, to, to exploit and it in that manner. If it's and economical. There, you know. yeah. And it's already been hollowed out, so you don't have to... You just have Kyber to build the infrastructure. The crystals are there. The crystals, are yeah. dead. Like, hey, just it, it does make it does make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of thought it might have also been because I, I think one of the complaints from one of the people that we work with was he felt like it, it mirrored four a little too closely, um, and it may have in in a lot of aspects, but I still think in a in a certain way that may have been a tip of the hat I because think it was. I, I still think that fans the feedback and not all of the feedback obviously, but there was a vocal. Uh, uh, a very vocal minority of people that were seriously torqued about mm. one through three. And I really I, actually see a lot of the different movies in seven. Parts of each yeah. is taken and put into it. Um, uh, the slaughter at the camp at the very beginning, very reminiscent of Anakin mm. going in and destroying the the Tusken Raider camp. Um, just uh, there's a lot of different aspects to it yeah. that come into play. Well, like I said, I, I, I think I think I think the movie was shot with the idea of giving giving something back to those that had been in in the fandom for so long. It was it was you know what it was it was if you liked one through three, there was enough there that you were thoroughly going to enjoy. But for those that felt like Star Wars kind of abandoned them, this was like this is why you liked Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just gave it to you, and you can't complain about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the third the third cut was the next generation anyway. So the third cut was making a movie that that hopefully would appeal to people in the age range that we saw the movies at, and hook them for for future generations. And then if they want, they could be mis- you know they can go back and watch you know the the ancient movies from the way ancient back tomes. in the days. Yes, they can explore the ancient tomes and be opened up to the the mystery <laughs> and the wonder of the universe. But yeah. <clears throat> All right, so let's move forward. Um, and the best way we can kind of do this is going backwards again. Um, now, what is the story that? from Star Wars that you feel like you connect with most? Maybe it's a certain movie. Maybe it's a character arc. Maybe it was from a book series. Is there one that always resonated with you most? And even if there isn't one, it's okay if you say that. Cat, go ahead. Knights of the Old Republic. It's not shocking. <laughs> um, that game just really, again, everything about it resonated with me, especially with the way I played it. Because I tend to play... Um, so I went, like, hardcore light side with it. And I'm like, I will do all the good things. I will be as late as you possibly can be. And then at the Somebody end, you're like, 
<laughs> the best ending. And then and then you get to this point, and I remember texting Rob when I got to it because I was like, "What the?" I was so angry because you find out that you're Revan the entire time, and I'm the like, "Uber evil no, Sith that has destroyed no. so many people." But that was actually a very a very cool way to do it because it really illustrates that tipping point with the Force very well and how it can. It shifts balance when it needs yes. to. Yes. And so I really, I thought that was really illuminating. Fish. Oh. Character arc that resonates with you most. I think I know your answer. Yeah, <laughs> you probably do. Um, I am Kanan Jarrus. I, 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 I looked like him in high school. I had the little ponytail. I had, um, yeah. Except for the glasses. I had glasses. I, I was not blind. Um... No, uh, the the rebel story arc is fantastic. It, it it's really feels like a family. It's got the the emotion there that tells the story from this is their day to day life. They're struggling to get by and make sure that freedom endures, that mm. justice endures. Um, where we have the Skywalkers doing the big things up further in the galaxy. These are the low level people who. Most of us would actually be in this sort of situation. Yeah. It kind of was a great way to view that you were a character of Star Wars. Like, people of that caliber could really become something major. How about you, buddy? (laughs) Oh. It'd have to be Empire, and it would have to be all of the swamp training. Dagobah? Yeah. No, you gotta, as a kid, no, I didn't, yeah. also yeah. didn't have a lot of friends. Spent a lot of my time growing up in the South actually, like, searching out small fishing ponds and stuff in, in the Pine Barrens and spending a lot of, like, just basically hermit time with myself. Aww. So there there was something that was that was really, really appealing about just the setting that they were in, uh, but the, the, the amount of uh, the, the friendship that's kindled, the tightness that's created between those two characters, between... Uh, Luke and Yoda, it's just, I don't know, mm-hmm. just really touched me as a kid. It was really something that I, I, I found to be very, very appealing. Show us on your body where the puppet touched you. <laughs> Sorry, it was there. Had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, and yeah, you it just really... just to your heart awesome. right here. The only, the only thing that ever, ever threw me, the only jarring or, or jarring portion was the, 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 the portion where Luke... Uh, Goes and 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 faces the the dark possibility. It was just an odd. I never really could process it as a kid. What the hell the point was, or what had just happened. Now, looking back on it, being older now, I have a better understanding of what the message, what the idea behind that that entire thing was. It was you know, it was a warning, basically, of, of being very careful about how you how you approach, you know, moving forwards. And but, but as a kid, that part really did. I'd always go, what the hell was that? <laughs> Okay, well, we'll go on with the rest of the movie. This is fine. But that one part just always kind of like, like you know, like a, a cut at the roof of your mouth. It was always just kind of mm-hmm. bothering me. Like, yeah. I couldn't figure it out. The pizza cheese burn. Yeah, I yeah. just couldn't figure it out. Bill? So, I was looking through the stories that I was, I, I had read. I had a book called Tales from the Moss Eisen oh, Cantina. Oh, good book. <laughs> and it comes back to the my first part you know the, the talking about the favorite memories and the band figured dan and the modal nodes so there's a story in that book the first story called we don't do weddings the band's tale hmm? and it basically tells the story of how the band 
came to play in Chalman's Moss Isley Cantina, which is the cantina they go to in A New Hope. And it's funny because you look at the band there as, you know, in, in the, you know, in A New Hope and you feel like they've been playing there for years and they've really probably only been playing there for a couple of weeks <laughs> because the story goes on to say that they used to be employed by Jabba and they didn't want to play for Jabba because, you know, he's a terrible, terrible crime lord who likes to kill his performers. Uh, so they'd sign up for a wedding, which is a uh, breach of contract for them. And Jabba finds out and sends people to go after them. But then the uh, Empire raids this wedding as well in the casino that they're in. And they escape and basically just go down the street to the cantina. (laughs) And then it's funny. The story ends right where Greedo gets shot. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And again, I just, I love any of those stories that have to deal with the cantina band. Nice. Really cool. So... I have to ask then, as why does it resonate with you the most though? I love music. Okay, that makes sense. Music is yeah. like good answer. I and I, yeah. I really am. I'm, I've had a lot of. I guess I've had a lot of sad since high school because I stopped playing music like clarinet, saxophone. I still play a little bit of piano, but yeah. I really want to get back and play saxophone so I can pick up some, you know, some of the the, the Star Wars music. Yeah. You weren't there for Emperor Norton's no marching oh, band. No, I was you? not. You would love that. Stuff. You would. Oh, you'd be a very happy man. Yeah, that was a. Uh, um, that was amazing. Hearing I, that side, that hearing that live is. I, yes. I, I hate to go to such a kind of feels like an easy, easy answer, but I think my reasoning was a little bit different. Um, so the character storyline that resonated the most with me was probably Luke, um, and I know that's not maybe may not be a popular answer. For a lot of people, but I think the reason why is, for me, I think a earlier part of me was a very big people pleaser, and there's still a big part of me that is, but especially if you know the scenes that we didn't see or read the books or listened to a radio drama of what Luke was doing before everything all kicked off was him and all of his friends were about to leave for the Imperial Academy, because mm-hmm. that's what everybody did that age. That's how you had adventures that's in the life. That's how you got off the planet. Yeah, yeah, that makes That's sense. kind of like if you're in, in you know, like, you, uh, you know, if you were in the 80s and you were in the USSR, how do you get out of there? You could play hockey. Mm-hmm. That's how you got out. It's it's kind of, you don't have a lot of choices. Yeah. But for me, it was just kind of like, it went from being this people pleaser to finding their own story and their own adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of feels like what it was a big allegory for this, like, my, like, younger years and my teenage years where it was going with the flow. I met a whole bunch of people that kind of broke me out of my shell, but it took a long time. Mm-hmm. And it even took those relationships and friendships ending and new friendships kind of spawning into the friendships I have now where I'm like, no, I'm just me now. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I'm, I don't need to please anybody. And occasionally I still do because I like to do that as, like, a, on a level of a host. But I don't feel like I need to have to fight for my beliefs anymore people just accept who i am Mm -hmm. and it kind of feels like but there's a part of me though too where you now see what luke has become of him and you know his his hermity times and i have those moments now too and i'm like i love you all but please go away um but it it, it's i think it's it's though it feels like though even those moments though knowing that there's more to come of his story still and he's got adventures still around the corner Mm -hmm. you can be a hermit for a little while and get back to those things and people still aren't going to judge you anymore so, yeah, 
Uh, so I think Luke really always resonated wonderfully with me, uh, especially as a kid. And I don't think I really understood that until maybe about 10 years ago. So, um, Now on to some big questions. And this is one of my favorite ones when I was trying to figure out what we were going to discuss about was if you could change one part of the Star Wars lore, what would it be and how would it impact the universe? Um, and I feel like Fesh is going to give us a man in the high castle kind of scenario in a moment, <laughs> so from his smile. Go ahead, sir. I get rid of the force. In my <laughs> vision. So yes, it's the man vision, in the high castle scenario moving in on. In my vision, the Sith and the Jedi battle for supremacy through a televised reality show <laughs> wherein they have to debate high school manner for points that are garnered by call-in votes. Your vision sucks. It really is. A, it's a very dystopian, very tragic vision. That sounds horrible. It sounds amazing. And apparently they ended it a time where both all executed at gunpoint in front of a live no. t- television studio that's, audience. That's not you mean blaster point? Uh, yeah, sorry. Oh, blaster sorry. Point. <laughs> oh. I've been thinking about that one this entire I time. Oh, I can't follow awesome. that up. Yeah, no, I can't either. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. That. <laughs> Um, honestly, if I had to do one, because uh, I've got mine, um, okay. I would have used Ralph McQuarrie's original drawings, uh, that we got a lot of those interpretations in Star Wars Rebels, but I would have changed some of the key characters that those things were based upon. Would you have kept that the Jedi and the Sith don't use lightsabers and the Stormtroopers all do? Uh, I think I wouldn't have done that, but I would have had that weird crossbreed that we got okay. instead of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Han Solo. They were one in the same character. Um, where we probably would have had, like, the Kanan Jarrus character that was more of the hothead. And then you have Luke as the kid. You have Luke as the kid. Which is Ezra. Yeah. So you would have had them as the ones that told our whole story. And I think that would have been really interesting to watch play out. Uh, because how does that impact everything that happens? It feels like this, it's this massive snowball that everything changes so quickly. Uh, what happens when the the smuggler type character no longer exists, or do, does that person give up and fall to Darth Vader? That becomes a really interesting question you have to ask. Is like, would a Han Solo esque Jedi just roll over and say, "Well, this will help the greater good down the road," or I want to live and say, "Screw it and run"? How does that change the fate of the Luke character completely? If his mentor is there, that's still holding, kind of holding the rings. Does that force Luke down a dark path? Um, It it creates some really interesting things. You know, you have the princess. If there is, does the princess and the Kenobi character get married? You know, all these different things that happen now. It, it, It would be amazing to see this alternate take and what comes from it. Very cool. And this is a tough one. Um, All right, I got something. Okay, <laughs> get ready to expand upon your thoughts to give them some time. <laughs> oh crap! Mine's just dumb, so don't really take it too seriously. But um, so I don't like Wookies, so I would replace them with Ewoks because <laughs> no. because Ewoks have proven their merit and they get <laughs> shit done. <laughs> Continue, but. Mm. <laughs> He's going to rip your arm out of your socket, you know. <laughs> I'm okay with that. So you would just have like the list. So instead of Chewie, it would just be like a tiny Chewie Ewok. Adorable. 
I'd like to make a point. Yes. To replace Wookiees can't debate. One Chewbacca. You need like 150. Because all the Ewoks no, had was at... numbers. You know That's what, all they had. That's fine. Can I play devil's advocate? You can fit that many I'm, that's on a good board. Point. I'm going you know I mean? to play devil's advocate just to back her up on this to see okay. if you can debate properly because you're oh. the one that gave us the great debating. The great debate. So. Dude, I just answer the debate phones in this place, but continue. Okay, I so where we're going with this. All right, so let's go to episode three in our brains for a second. I'm sorry for some mm-hmm. of you that want to do that, um, but you do have in the Battle of Kashyyyk, mm-hmm. the only reason that the Wookiees win out against droids, the Trade Federation at the time, you know, in all of this, is the help of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. You have teddy bears take down the Empire. Ta-da! <laughs> Efficiency! <laughs> Small they, and compact. Yeah, they're tiny but Small fierce. And, I, I'm not. I'm not knocking. And we the haven't even brought up Battle for Endor or the Caravan of Courage. And that's gonna. In general, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that's a piss. And Fish is like, why did I choose to be on this episode? No, it's, okay. it's, okay. it's a piss poor trade off in my book. As much as I wouldn't really want to change any part of Star Wars because I I do enjoy it. Um, even the not so great stuff. Mm-hmm. It's still all. I still watch. I them. enjoy it. I've still been watching them recently. Um, because if there wasn't a Jar Jar Binks, then in the Clone Wars there wouldn't be that Jar Jar and Mace Windu episode. That's just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, positives came out of it. <laughs> yes, yes. That that it's an amazing episode. And yeah, Jar Jar bumbles his way through it, but. It's not With, as terrible without, as... Without the Jar Jar character, we, we've never gotten this amazing, amazing Jar Jar conspiracy that he was a Sith. And people oh, pulling yeah. pulling together the conspiracy. greatest just, just stretches of all time. It's but amazing. doing a really good job of backing up their viewpoints. Let's see. What would I change? Um, I'd like to revert things back to the original concepts. Like, number one, lightsabers don't give off heat. Um, let's see. Number two... Uh, no comms can be used in no comms can be used in hyperspace because uh, they started doing that in Rebels, and I've noticed that they started doing it. it they did it in Episode Seven. Yeah. Um, so when you're in hyperspace, oh, you can't use comms. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, a little bit because uh, of the way hyperspace actually works in there Star you go. Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but they've started allowing it, so it's canon now. I'd rather that that was because yeah, that was part of the way. hard decision to attack the Death Star, the second one, was they had to time their jump accordingly. Otherwise, they would have all crashed into each other because they couldn't communicate. And there was no hyperspace bubble where ships could interact with each other. Yeah. Um, So that's some of the stuff that I would like to see go back to the way it was. Uh, I guess that's about it. I'm not (laughs) sure. The technicals. Yeah. Yeah. The technicals actually mattered to you. Well... you know, it's not hard science fiction, so... That's very but nice. But it it had a little bit of a ring to it because they took it a little more seriously that, mm-hmm. you know, you can't send a radio wave into hyperspace. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. So I think I would change something that would drastically alter the fate of the Star Wars universe, which would be to get rid of the rule of two for, for the Sith. And actually, instead of the Sith playing political games like Palpatine did, actually amassing a Sith army and inciting an all-out war with the 
Jedi. They did that. And but then I'm the saying, World War II came about thinking, because of that. I think you're 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 being more specific about in episodes one through three if that's right. really well okay. close. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Instead so, of instilling this back and forth between the Trade Federation and the Jedi to make them look like the bad guys, it's just, hey, we went to Corbin. We brought friends. Yeah. Yeah. That would be very cool. I mean, I'd love to see, you know, a gigantic Jedi versus Sith battle, like lightsabers mm-hmm. swinging and not just oh we're fighting against like Lord of the Rings scale yeah <laughs> it's Harkoon raining down from the sky and you're like oh dear god everybody run yeah one of those <laughs> ones yeah well even then there were only two Sith oh yeah the whole yeah that's true <laughs> acolytes <laughs> Sith acolytes there you go they, they, that's how they got around a lot of that stuff Sithlets I think that actually, I think all of those are really viable, maybe with the exception of the debate team fight, but oh, I think it's the no. most... It included the evil. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, Aww. from the back corner, a new team joins the debate as the Ewoks <laughs> gnaw off the feet of the Empire and the Rebellion forces. Only if there's enough of them around. <laughs> and you will bow Do to you your one true god Ewoks as they all get? bow to see 3 a okay. lot less hungry they're, after they're, the battle because there were a lot fewer of them. <laughs> Do you think that they... Uh, they man, were cannibalistic. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. They, they were, but I'm wondering they're like... They ferocious... But they were also highly underdeveloped for a race in this universe. And I, I wonder, like, decades later or even generations later... Do we need to have the Ewoks cannibal discussion before we go to break? No, no. no. Okay. I just like to put out there that I love the Ewok Adventures movies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. And I love, you can see, Fish is like, this is where I draw my line. (laughs) Uh, I loved them when I was a kid, too. Oh, I haven't haven't gone back and watched them since I was a kid. I did recently. Don't, don't. I think on that note, we're going to take our break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about our favorite things outside of the films of Star Wars. So, uh, we'll be back in just a few. Welcome to think of it. Great, honestly, I could go on and on. I could explain even dumb midichlorians. Guiding a missile as tricky as that. Nothing if you can bullseye a womp rat. I killed the tauntaun. I slept in its guts. Kissed my old sister, which was kind of nuts. What's the lesson? What is the takeaway? Do or do not, because there is no try anyway. And the legend they tell of my life is an epic of heroes and strife. Me and the Force, who make everything happen. Look at R2 and 3PO. Just tippity tapping and tapping and tapping and tapping. Hey, 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 hey. Well, anyway, let me say. Time for the Jedi to end. So, coming out of the break, uh, big surprise, Cat chuckled before I got my quiet time for a second. So. <laughs> you can't have us in the same room when this happens. No, know, you really can't. Because you make goofy faces, faces each other. It always happens. First. It always happens. All right. So, to continue on to this, um, now is when we start breaking from the films a little bit more. So, we, we kind of lightly touched on a couple things. Um, but now, outside of the core eight films, and I do include Rogue One. Because it's kind of the 
precursor to A New Hope, almost mm-hmm. within seconds. Minutes. Um, yeah. Minutes. Um, you know, what is everybody's, either maybe if it's a favorite show, maybe it's a fan film, it's a, another movie that could be a side story, like, uh, you know, Bill, you brought up, you know, Caravan of Courage and Battle for Endor, you know. <laughs> is it a book? Is it a Star Wars game? Is it a tabletop adventure you had? Uh, and why is that your favorite? And explain how do you feel that each of these things, maybe specifically, kind of helps and continue to enrich the Star Wars universe. So, um, you know, I know Kat's probably ready to go because that's going to be a continuation of where she was at and some of the things she mentioned before. So, uh, Yeah, it's just more Knights of the Old Republic. I mean, everything about that game I really, really dug. I felt like um, it just kind of let you explore through the world building and it, they really did a great job of doing such unique things. Um, you know, like Bo was saying with 1 through 3 where you saw all these different worlds now, like, KOTOR did that very, very well, where each mission was sending you to, like, different places to check things out. Um, I absolutely loved going through the um, temples and stuff, and, like, that whole section really, really clicked with me. Um, but, I mean, everything about it, like, it was just really vibrant. And we finally got to see Dantooine. Yay! Yeah, that is true. It's only been brought up oh so many times. But then actually my other favorite one, I'm really enjoying the Star Wars game. It's really fun. <laughs> well, I, you mentioned, and I would assume based your your answer of that is the fact that you get to see a lot more of this. Yeah. Is, that's your viewpoint of why you like continues to enrich? Well, or? when you have such a great world like that, I love exploration type of things. And so I think that's why I enjoy the like tabletop game so much, as well as like next to the Old Republic, because there is a lot more of that exploration sense, because you're not bound to a specific storyline. You know, with KOTOR you are, but it's more expansive, so you got a lot more time. Like, you know, it's not like you're bound to a like oh, couple-hour movie. Yeah, if you just want to <laughs> jump to, like, ten different planets in a game, we can do that. that Yay! Side quest for guys. Um... Yeah. Uh, well, we just left the uh, junk world, right? Yeah. We did. We yeah, didn't yeah. just leave a junk world, and we now have in our possession some old Trade Federation droids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> so, no, pre, ooh, I've got pre new trade friends. Federation. Trade, trade Federation. I've got new friends, and no idea what you guys did to my character when I missed last game. Our two sex butt. Yeah. <laughs> want to know. Uh, our, my astronaut droid be... woke back up that game, and it, uh, you were uh, restraining bolted. <laughs> I am going to be getting a full cleanup. And you were very happy about being restrained. Sure. You actually asked for it. So it was a consensual thing. Don't ever you leave as your... a player character just weren't there for it. It's okay. Don't ever leave your characters in these people's hands. I'm going to jump on this whole Star Wars role-playing game bandwagon because my Star Wars role-playing game, which is, is wrapping up soon, uh, we've had a hell of a time. Uh, I started out as a... Twi'lek slave to Jabba the Hutt, who uh, caused an uprising on the slave ship that we were being transported on. I don't know why we were being transported on YT-1300. They really don't fit that many people. But we were, (laughs) and we took over the ship. Uh, There was a Jawa keeping the engines running with his uh, fancy Jawa tech. And uh, we... We threw the, the crew off the ship and, and, and started adventures there. Wait, you spaced them? Did we space them? I you think either we spaced might. them or you jammed them into a, an escape pod. I think we might have spaced them. You're better off spacing. Um, but after that, so so we meet up with the rest of our crew, which at the time was an 
Ortolan, one of the the blue elephants. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Rebo. Yep. Yeah. Um, a plain old vanilla human. Uh, <laughs> and nothing wrong with human. Nothing wrong with human. <laughs> this human's a little grumpy and a little old. Uh, and then we had I can't remember. I think it was a uh, what a Darth Maul's race. Oh yeah. Zabrak. Zabrak. Uh, unfortunately, my character was completely disintegrated in the second session that we had during that game. Now, if any of you out there have played the new Fantasy Flight Star Wars role-playing game, Age of Rebellion or Age of the It's really hard for that to happen. It's hard for you to die. So, first of all, it's hard for you to die in general. Second of all, it's hard for you to just die on the spot with nothing else that you can do. Because most of the time it's like, oh, you're going to die at the end of the session. Or you'll die at the end of this combat. No. I rolled perfectly and I was just splattered out the, you know, the whole, like, <laughs> the, the landing bay. You were a mist, I think you, you said pretty much. Oh, yeah. I was I was a, a Twilight mist. Like... <laughs> But that, uh, that is perfect negative rolls against you multiple times. It was. It was. And that's why my new character in the game uh, needed to go get a disruptor rifle. Because I died to a disruptor rifle. Like, I'm not going to let this, let this go. But other than that, you know, the last cool thing that we did, we were on Bespin. And Bespin as a world, like, is just, it's amazing. There's so much to do on Bespin. We, we saw a pit fight between a Wookiee and a Trandoshan. Uh, we played a couple games of Sabak. And uh, we, we were in an auction for the Jewel of Yavin, which we were going to heist later. <laughs> you guys didn't have anywhere near as much fun on Bespin. Oh, really? Yeah. We actually also had a cloud car race. Oh, they, did, they didn't have any of that. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to explain? Oh, no, no. They they uh, were tracked by a ship full of uh, old old uh, Trade Federation droids. And they were basically coming to try to blow them out of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> and some cloud cars showed up, and uh, they managed to escape with the help of the cloud cars. But one of the cloud cars got destroyed. So when they got back to the city where they were trying to get to, they were in a lot of trouble because they cost one of the uh, security people's lives. <laughs> Uh, yeah, was, we we don't have a very good good standing with Lando because yeah we we blown up a couple cloud cars. Um, oh. We have actually we've killed a number of Wingard in Bespin oh. <laughs> by by throwing them out the same kind of airlock that uh, that Luke fell down mm-hmm. uh, without any way for them to actually catch themselves because they were unconscious when we did it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah um, we're a bad, bad bunch of people. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not good. Archie's about an even split. My yeah. character. My me and Cat are the bad ones. Dude, you yeah. wanted to shoot me in the face the second I showed up just for shits and giggles. <laughs> I have wanted... We have two rebels in our party. I have wanted to shoot them in the face ever since they started because I am not a rebel. <laughs> and I am not... I'm not a rebel, not we an empire. I problem. am trying to get back into the good graces of Black Sun and Prince Zizer <laughs> where I belong. <laughs> See, we don't have that problem. We're set five years after Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. We're in between A New Hope and Empire. Okay. We're, we're, we're in this, yeah, perfect kind of spot where the new Jedi Order has begun. Cat is a Jawa, fittingly enough. Yeah, works. I am ex-Imperial, also fittingly enough. Apparently I'm a sex droid. You're a sex droid. 
And then Jada is our Jedi, and then our good friend Pete, who has written for a lot of games, uh, has, uh, has is Playing our guardian. The, yeah. As the guardian, uh, guardian of the wills. So, uh, it is a very wonderful split, because... Nobody gets along, which is how every good Star Wars game should go. Yeah, pretty much. If everybody's getting along too well, you're being too chummy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and, a beautiful story. And things need need to happen in a very poor manner to at least one character in soon. Yeah, so yeah. don't worry, it's coming. <laughs> um Alright. So you guys have said your piece as far as your favorite point in all of this. Um yeah, yeah. Fish. Outside the core stuff, I don't know the name of the game. So mid nineties Tie Fighter PC game. Tie Fighter. Tie Fighter. Okay, so I guess I did know the name. Um, wait, Star Wars Tie Fighter. Just, yeah. just to be clear. Just to be clear, Star Wars Tie Fighter. Yeah, because there might have been there might have been, been fighting been games that were Tie Fighters. Yeah. Um, again, grew up in the South, so limited. There wasn't there wasn't cool places to hang around. Uh, my brother, when he first went off to college, he would come back for, for the summer breaks from college and bring his PC and his music. So my introduction to the TIE Fighter game also corresponded with my introduction to Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, Metallica, you name it. So obviously I would play one while playing the other. And I have these memories of just for hours plugging away at this game, listening to Stone Temple Pilots and Nirvana, and just... I love the, the the thing that stood up because I was never any good at it. I'll, I'll admit that up front. Like I was really good at the very simple like smash missions, like just go in and blow stuff up, cool. But when there were other things like escort and do this and do that, I would get lost. I'd go off. I'd be like, it's escort stars. this imperial gunboat. God I can never damn it! That's that. what everybody said when <laughs> yes. you read those mission, mission tutorials. I'm like, I, mean, oh, I gotta go slow. But I, I love the reward aspect. The level up was the tattoos. You, mm-hmm. you, your tattoo would advance as you get, you know, beat oh, mission after cool. mission. That I thought was really neat. Never beat the game. Um, maybe at some point I'll hit up. Uh, what is it? Good old games, GOG online, yeah, and games. I may very well see if I can't. They find have the CD-ROM collector's edition versions. Okay, of see, both that. I would and like to X-Wing. play that again. You talked about floppy exchanges mm-hmm. before, yeah. But Tie Fighter came on a CD-ROM. You oh, want to go old school? No, my Tie Fighter came on a five point four, man. Oh, really? Or five and a quarter? Five and a quarter. Because I had X-Wing that came on four, three and a quarter. When it had talkie yeah. version, when it actually had speech, yes, it did. Oh. When it first came out, you could still get it on five and a quarter. Oh, man. Not 3.5 floppy disk, five and a quarter. When people said floppy disk, that's what my brain always thought, because yep. those were the ones that bent. Yep. So that was the cusp of my manhood. Yeah. <laughs> was being dateless, but having good music and a really damn good game. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the one that stands out to me. Why do you feel that that expanded uh, the Star Wars lexicon? It, it kept me in touch, I think, because again, having not read any of the expanded universe, actually that's, not even really being well, overly aware of the expanded universe, it, it kept that flame. In that's place. actually right pre expanded universe. That's right on the cusp. Yep. Oh, really? Was it? Okay, yep. well that would explain why there was nothing. Maybe there was one Timothy Zahn book out by the time Tie Fighter came out. There would have had to have been something within that frame because I know my brother was reading one of them. And I started reading it and then just wasn't able to get through it. I'm not 100% certain why at that point in time I wasn't able because I can voraciously consume books. I'm not sure if maybe Do you remember it was... what was on the cover. Oh, was it a blue cover no. or a red cover? I remember there were things about clones and someone got electrocuted with, with oh, yeah, Force that, Lightning. That was, yep. That was the Zon trilogy. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. so that, I read that, part of that then. That book would be heir to the Empire. Yep. 
Okay, so I read part of that, but again, couldn't couldn't really seem to get into it. It's, it's there were three books that started off the expanded universe, and everybody read See, them. See, I thought the expanded universe was older than that, but it isn't, huh? Okay, sort of, but not really. Some bits and pieces, yeah. bits and pieces. But like I said, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was the original sequel, that was going to be the original sequel to Star Wars, the original Marvel comics. Yep. Mm. Um, Marvel comics told some of the original Star Wars stories, uh, but Splinter of the Mind's Eye was the the it was a it was supposed to be the true sequel to that series uh, and of A New Hope. And it was a Luke and Leia story as they were stuck on a planet. Yep. So. And that's where we find out about variable-sided lightsabers. Variable-sided lightsabers? Size. Oh, variable mm-hmm. size. Mm-hmm. Yep. So somewhere someone's running around with a light dagger? Oh, no, no, you have an adjustment knob. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would totally gang somebody with a light dagger. <laughs> Luke did right through somebody's leg. Mm-hmm. Through the leg? Yeah. He's a light side Jedi. Come on. I get that. I get that. He wears the white hat. I understand. There you go. But all right, um, I'll you know shoot what? the gun out of your hand. Uh, I'm going to throw mine in uh, my uh, my answer next into this, uh, and my my answer is going to be uh, it's a series that goes through many name changes, but ultimately is still the same thing. So if I can remember this correctly, uh, it would be Star Wars Dark Forces, and that. Goes into Star Wars Dark Forces 2, then goes into Star Wars Dark Forces Jedi Knight, then Star Wars Dark Forces 4 Jedi Knight 2, then Star Wars Dark Forces 5 Jedi Knight 3 Jedi Academy. Um, books? No, no, they're games. Video games. Oh, okay. They kept changing the name of the series, and everyone was like, this is still Dark Forces. Oh yeah, it's the same protagonist. And everyone was like, so is this Jedi Knight 3 or Dark Forces 6? I'm not quite sure anymore. <laughs> oh, that was Kyle Katarn, right? Yeah, it is Kyle Katarn yeah. and Jan Ors. Um, but it was one of my favorite, favorite, you know, pieces. It was a first-person shooter game based off of the Doom Engine or Quake Engine. I can't remember at the time. I, I think, think it was the Doom, Doom Engine. Doom Engine, yeah. It was the Doom Engine. Um, and it was, it was something pretty special. I had a problem with that game because I think it was Dark Forces 2 that I played. That you get to a point where you get thrown into a Rancor pit. Yep, that's Mysteries of the Sith. Yes, and I was just like, I get in the Rancor pit and I'm like, what the fuck do I do? And then I died. You find and a thermal detonator. I had no idea where to go. I couldn't find a thermal uh, detonator. I could not get past this level. And this was before the days of the internet. So yeah, I know that's like, a straight well, Jedi outcast. Well, that's not like, even Mysteries oh. of the Sith. That's the expansion on that game. Yeah. Oh my god. Just like, Sorry. Nope, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> that was still a great game, though. I oh yeah, well, you know what it was was for me that was like that was the start for me of even before the Zon Zon stuff was like they gave us this like Hansel esque character, um, and it was him and his uh, his pilot Jan, and they worked for the Rebel Alliance. But it was like you got to see like those little shots of like Mon Mothma giving you missions, and now it's like oh my god, I'm in Star Wars. And then it's a first-person shooter, and it was before strafing existed. So I was like, hey, I can play this oh, yeah. with my flight stick that I bought uh. for X-Wing. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun to play with this giant joystick for an yep. FPS. Um, but it was I, I played it so much, and then when it, the story kept continuing and continuing, and I'm like, I'm going to get a lightsaber in a first-person game? And I'm like, this is the best thing that has ever happened <laughs> to Star Wars. Um, and then the story continued, and then they were like, here's the new Jedi school, and you're nailed... You became a Jedi Knight, and you worked with Luke Skywalker, and it was this long storyline. This that series went on for like fifteen years. It felt like, um, you know, it was like ten to fifteen years. But like, I played every one of those, and it was always attached with them. Um, but I loved them so much, though, because it gave us 
the Dark Trooper for the very first time that we've yeah. seen in so many places. Um, you know, it gave us the Shadow Troopers. We we saw the new versions of all with the the first time we saw the Tie Defender. Oh yeah, uh, was in those games. Uh, there was so much that came out of them that actually still exist in the Star Wars universe and current canon. Um, and but it was such a fun storyline, and it was it was that first time you get to feel like. You, in a first-person uh, perspective of being able to have a lightsaber was the closest thing we had to having a lightsaber that was something real and logistic, and you could bank shots off of stormtroopers and hit them back. And It was like all these like wish-fulfillment things you wanted ever since you were a kid in a video game, and you finally yeah. got them. So. Nice. Fish. Um, can I have two? Absolutely. <laughs> all right. I'm narrowed it down to two. I'm surprised you're able to do that. All right. Oh, well, we're not including the films, and I've already talked about the Clone Wars and Rebels, so a lot of it's already out of the way. Um, Hondo Onaka is an amazing pirate. You might not think so, but he is fantastic. If I was not Obi-Wan Kenobi, Hondo Onaka is who I would be. So yours is not, like, a favorite... It's a favorite character. character. I also have a favorite video game. But the uh, For the PlayStation 2, I think it was... They had a Star Wars Bounty Hunter game, which was from Jango Fett's perspective. And his trials to actually become the model for the clones. Mm-hmm. And it's it was a fantastic game. Um, Still purchasable, purchasable nowadays on the PS4 store. Jetpacks rule. <laughs> so those are your two? Those, now, those would be my two. Why do you feel they continue on the legacy? Uh, well, you get a lot of the story... Um, for the interaction of how Django Fett goes about his day-to-day, how he's able to pull off that shot with the Kamino Saber Dart from across, you know, a wide gap to kill Zam before she gives him up. Um, you get a feel for why he's such a perfect model for the clone troopers. He, he It's him and his pinnacle. It's and it. it's just amazing. The, the best thing about it is you have the two blasters that he uses. And during the game, he actually can target two different people with them. Holy shit. <laughs> and, and it just... Yeah. And while flying with the jetpack, no less. <laughs> so you're yeah, like, you as a, it's, you as a gamer are, are responsible it's, for more than you should have to deal with. Oh, no, no. This, it did the it targeting automatically. Well, I remember, yeah. Oh, um, cool. But it was fantastic. Um, Hondo Onaka, who doesn't want to drive a UFO for a spaceship? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we kind of set our piece here. So I figured, you know, we're normally, we'll go around and in a normal episode like this, we'd try to rank Star Wars. And I think we've done that in the past. So I figured maybe now is the time to actually rank the villains because we have more villains to pull from nowadays. Um, I know it gets a little bit trickier. It's harder. I don't know any of the names. Well, no, I mean, I'm not talking about Expanded Universe. Let's think of the core films here. Okay. Rogue One included. Um... You know, like, again, we're not talking about many here. If I have to rattle them off for us to think about, we've got Palpatine. We've got Director Krennic, which is Rogue One. He was Ben Mendelsohn's villain. Uh, We have Vader. We have Maul. We have Kylo Ren and Snoke at this point. And Dooku. And Dooku. And Grievous. And and Grievous, I guess, is in there, too. (laughs) Grand Moff Tarkin. Tarkin. Tarkin's in there. Sure. So we're not asking for many characters. Uh, it's I, I I make sure that you don't forget Grand Moff Tarkin because he is my number one 
villain. Okay. Really? Well, oh yeah. I Why think is that? because I think honestly, out of all of them, besides for maybe the Emperor, he's the coldest. He gives the order to destroy Alderaan. Yeah. All right, well, how about this? Let's do this. Instead of us making our individual lists here or anything like that, let's make a unified list. Because I don't think we've ever tried that before. And we'll try to do this relatively quickly before moving on. So, out of these characters, who do we feel is the bottom of the barrel villain out of all of this? So, are we ranking them on, like, evilness or interesting characterness? Well, that's a good question. What do you guys feel like? Because the scale's a bit Do you think it's better to view this as kind of least interesting or least powerful up? Or is it a factor of both of those things? I think it's a factor of both of those things. I think you got to consider, you know, the evilness of the character yeah. that goes along with it. Like, I mean, you know, because you could say, oh, look, you know, Tarkin wasn't that major of a character because he was only in one slash two movies. And yeah. He didn't do a whole lot besides for give the order to destroy Alderaan. Yeah. He was a stone cold motherfucker. He was. <laughs> I mean, and and even more so than than Vader, who had you know this overarching kind of concept of of who he was and where his place was in the galaxy. Tarkin was like, I you know I'm out to just stomp on everybody and take care of you know. And we can filter in a little canon into here, but purely canon, not legends mm-hmm. stuff. Like you know, and and it's when we at, say canon, we're going to try to avoid most of the books, but we'll look at maybe, we'll bring up a, maybe a few tidbits that maybe it would have popped into like Rebels or Clone Wars, but minimum. Um, we'll, we'll not let that be big deciding, deciding factors. So uh, I think I would say we, we could start safely at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, and I think everybody would probably agree with New this. Nuke Gunray and Watt Tambor. <laughs> <laughs> I think Director Krennic, I, I think everybody would agree on, is a safe place to start yeah, from. This is yeah. The villain know, from, it would from be Brooke. between him and Grievous. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, let's start Grievous is the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Um, he, he didn't have a lot of personality. Yeah. yeah. Krennic, at least you had If something. we base it on the Jendi Karaskowski, you know. well, he was yeah. an interesting, but terrifying villain. Yeah. But then the Clone Wars version gave us this. No, wheezing, he was coughing and wheezing old. and sad little, <laughs> little man. Um, so I think we can start General Grievous, and then we can say right after that we've got Krennic. Krennic. Yeah. That's not a question. Um, so where do we think we fall after that? You know, we're in an interesting place now. We're looking at people like Kylo Ren. Darth uh, Maul. Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. Who else? Vader, Palpatine, yeah, Tarkin. Uh, Those are, and Dooku. Better. I think Dooku is probably, Dooku's Dooku's probably next. Dooku's for me. Yeah. Because yeah, he even me. didn't feel like a Sith. He felt like, no, I was told that this was what needed to happen, and these are the things that were supposed to yeah. happen. He Which was is a, he what was the Emperor puppet. wanted at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. He um, wanted somebody to force Anakin to get better. Right. Right. Um, so I think we, we now have our bottom three without question. Yeah. So. I, I unfortunately, as cool as he was, I think Darth Maul's got to come next. I will argue that point a little bit, but I want to hear your reasons why. Again, if we're I've, going by just the movies, he yeah. shows up and gets cut in half. Right. Well, that's true. He's got point. he's got great lightsaber skills, but he yeah, I know virtually you know, nothing about falls him. Falls <laughs> to Obi Wan and uh, and doesn't seem to do much more besides for take orders from you know Palpatine. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can we can say that we me and Fish know his actual true fate. 
Um, so I think me and, and him again, were both. Hold on, if you're going, if you're saying just the movies. movies. Just the movies, and I said yeah. we could use a little bit of Clone Wars or Rebels yeah. to maybe factor into that some of that, but it's up to you guys, <laughs> but, like, we can give the short, short version is he guns after Luke on Tatooine when he uh, keeps himself alive purely from his hatred hatred of Obi-Wan. <laughs> his strength in the in the Sith, in Sith magic is so strong that he's able to keep himself alive. And robot legs helped. And yeah, robot legs yeah, yeah. drastically helped. Hey, lightsabers cauterize wounds, apparently, so it's yeah, all good. It so, <laughs> so we see Obi-Wan ultimately take him down many, many years later. So, um, I don't know if that impacts anybody's viewpoints on this character, but if not, Maul goes not next. Really. Yeah. Okay. Maul goes next. Even, Maul goes even next. with that information, I think he goes next. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now he we're now... He decapitated all the people of Black Sun. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Oh, really? Well, no, he didn't. He he had his apprentice do it. Oh, but yeah. he he killed Obi Wan's girlfriend. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. What a jerk. Yeah, he was kind of a dick. Yeah, I mean, if you would, okay, so Lord, Lord Ezra to the dark side, somewhat. So if he's uh, if he's there, who's next, and who would he might switch places with? Kylo Ren. Who do we have? I'd left? put Tarkin lower too, because. I wouldn't put him in no number one. Because again, you if you're cons- like if you're considering power plus power uh, as a villain plus villain characterization. Here's the thing: the whole I package. Think, I don't think Tarkin's the whole package. I think if Tarkin, I think if Tarkin lived and didn't, he would didn't, still not be the whole. Package. If he did not, you know, if he chose to escape from the Death Star, yeah. In our moment of triumph, yeah, I wouldn't allow that. Exactly. But if he chose to escape. I think he wielded a roughly equal amount of power to the Emperor. Like, he Fesh, was you're not... You're being oddly quiet. I, I felt... I felt not know that, enough about the villains. I felt he was In a military not, mind, and knowing that you've seen these films. I never looked... Outside of Darth Vader, none of the other Sith really interested me. Same here. Yeah, honestly, I never <laughs> really honestly, know the Emperor. The same huh? Even though over the Emperor... I thought the Emperor was interesting, actually. He creeped me out. The, uh, you know. He was supposed to. Yeah. yeah well. So, I mean, I think he was effective yeah. in that sense. You know? So, so I he's, would, he's I, much, those are my two tops. Yeah, I was going to say, he's honestly, much, much higher up the memorable list. memorable for me. So, so here's my, let, let me put forward <laughs> We still have Snoke in the mix in here somewhere, too. Uh, I, don't I don't know enough about, about him. I don't care about Snoke. He's I don't know enough about him. Really the question is, a, the funny thing is, as the reason I wanted to do this is go back to thinking about this after Thursday night. Sure. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, Snoke may end up being way more interesting, but in the in, uh, seven... There's not so enough there. Would we slide there. Snoke underneath Maul? At this point in time? At this point yeah, in time. Yeah, yeah. No. No? No. He, he put in more of an appearance in episode seven than he That's ever did in episode four. Or you mean... Okay. Yeah. He was mentioned in episode four, and that's it. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to slide Snoke down below. No, no, I'm keeping him up above Maul. Okay, so Maul definitely be above Maul. Okay, okay. So we right now we've got. I still think yeah. We've got Grievous, Krennic, Maul, and we're still vying for the next spot. Is it Snoke? Is that people? It is only because we haven't seen. Yeah, we don't. We don't know enough about. So I think we're gonna put Snoke right dead set in the middle here. That's a safe place for him. Yeah. Okay. So I'd like I'd say Kylo Ren's got to be next. That's fair. No, I'm with you. I think Rin nail goes above because he's afraid he'll never be as powerful as Darth Vader. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Which is a definite character weakness. Right. Sith shouldn't mm-hmm. shouldn't 
have that kind of doubt. Yep. Okay. So we're we're closing in on the finish line. So on next, Darth Vader. Yes. Vader. Yep. As much as well, Cat's shaking her head. As I much put as him Vader. At top. Well, we we haven't we haven't placed Tarkin yet either. So I, I, so I put Vader we have as three. Well because go ahead. Well, because oh, okay, right. we still have Tarkin. You're you know, right. a characterization wise, he had a very he had the most interesting and compelling arc, and b power wise, I mean, like you know, you didn't get to see all yeah, of right. the stuff. But then, if you saw you know um, Rogue One, that scene was just chilling. It was. Phenomenal. And he slaughtered it was younglings. A very small and, you know, America's true. oldest brewery. <laughs> yes. Sorry. But like, I will always go know, back to that from, uh, from again. He wields both of the elements you're looking for in a villain more than any I, of the I, others. I, I, I'd be willing to have a serious conversation about Palpatine, Vader, and where they fit into the mix, and I say I, I slot my 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 vote on Tarkin is three. So yeah, I, three. I would agree. Th- Tarkin three. three. Let me make my argument for Tarkin <laughs> being number one. Make your argument. So in A New Hope, as he said, leave. You know, escape in the our moment of triumph. Like evacuate. Like he was not running away from this because this was his power play for the Empire. If he had the Death Star succeed in destroying the Rebel Alliance at that point in the Galactic Empire, he would have made his move to take over the Empire from the Emperor, overthrowing the Emperor and taking over the galaxy. Would no, not have. No, he would not have. Absolutely no way he'd have been able to, to actually overthrow a Sith Lord. No. He, just he would have tried. He, no, he, he wouldn't have tried. You don't think so? Nope. He's okay. smarter. He was smart. He's, he's he was too smart, smart for that. He's yeah. way too intelligent to try to pull that sort of power move up against what he's seen in action. Uh, that's okay. a good point. Yeah, that's an admirable So point. I think we're locked at Tarkin. I, I think, I think Tarkin's three. a three. Valiant three. effort, sir, but he's I think good. Tarkin's Dude, locked he beat out actual he's, Sith, so yeah. I mean, I mean they're embodiments of evil. Yeah. So for for a so mortal for a mortal to get you. that high up on the list, I think it's fair. Krennic, who was this other top tier, like... Take no prisoners type of person who was like, no, just kill the wife, find the child, and probably just kill her too. Like, Tarkin was a cold motherfucker. Like, mm-hmm. he deserves those spaces over people like Maul, and we don't even know anything about Snoke really at this point in time, yeah. but even over Kylo Ren, I think that's a pretty deserving spot yeah. for somebody that just rise the ranks in the military. So, I mean, understandably, why why wouldn't he? Like, I mean, I understand. Yes, he's smart, but why wouldn't he try to overthrow the emperor? You know, the emperor because he aligns to the emperor's end goal. Um, it, he's still it taking comes orders into, from stuff about the Clone Wars. Okay, but he is a soldier. Okay, he believes okay. that everything that can be done to win the battle should be done. Okay, mm-hmm. and, but he's not. Tarkin's also not an ideas man. Mm-hmm. He's an execute. And he executes right. very right. well. But, he, yeah, but he's, the, he's the hand of the Emperor, not the we, we forgot uh, General Hux, right? Hux and Phasma, I think they're, we still oh. know barely anything. It's okay. kind of like saying we're going to discuss Admiral Piet just, in this somewhere. Wow. And it's kind of <laughs> okay, like... Okay, so oh, he, he uh, gets so choked out. We're uh, down to the final two. So the question is, who is the better big bad? Do you want the answer to that question or who I put in second? It's Vader second, Emperor first. I'd agree. Actually, I can agree with that. Yeah. yeah. This side no, of the table I is fully on board. Yeah. Vader first, uh, Emperor second? Yep. I agree. No, yeah. I was oh, wait. Oh, oh, Vader yeah. second, second yeah. Emperor, Emperor first. first. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, because you know what? Ultimately, he's, he's, got, the, he's, he's the one that long pu- game and, and he's well, the one that he pushes was, Anakin uh, over. He was the puppet master. It's what I said earlier. The Emperor creeps me out. That is a sign of a really good villain. He could have taken out Obi Wan easily, and yeah. Yoda knew that, which is why he had to go up against him. And even Yoda lost. His his fatal flaw was misunderstanding exactly how much Skywalkers, you know, <laughs> have soft spots for family. Yeah. That was his fatal flaw. He yes. assumed. Yeah. He assumed Vader was out, Luke was going to be his young new bull of a bull and of a had, Sith he had Luke right there. Yeah. And he, he did have failed, Luke right there. He failed to understand how human compassion could overcome mm-hmm. force addiction, basically, in my opinion. That was the one fatal flaw he made. Other than that, everything else was going right how he wanted it to. Yeah. And if you want to ever read a really great comic book that's not part of canon anymore, read Dark Empire. If you ever want to see what would have happened if they really went in tilted further in that direction is many years later when you find out Palpatine survives only because he kept his brain in multiple clones and he actually pushes Luke over the edge and Leia is the one that has to bring him back and that was an, and that, that was an amazing story oh and goodness. Anakin don't forget about Anakin he's in there yeah <laughs> so Alright, and I would be really remiss if I didn't go back to the topic that we left right before break with because there's one thing that we didn't bring up outside of... Actually, no, it was the first thing we got from back from break was outside of the Core 8 films, one of those things from Star Wars that was important and special and awesome, Fanboys. Yes! Oh my god, Fanboys Fanboys was such a great film and it actually, I think, really encapsulates... The fandom of Star Wars in such a beautiful way, and without not never talking down about it, and I think mm-hmm. that's a really hard thing to do. So, um, okay, so nail is probably the hardest thing we're going to have to discuss all night long. Is if Star Wars episodes four through six were remade today, who would you cast in the iconic roles of the major players? Who would you have it direct? Uh, who would you have direct the film? And would you alter any parts of the story to update it to today's audience? When I wrote this, I also realized after I wrote this that this could have been a massive mistake because I can't even answer this at this moment and I'm terrified about it. But I think it's a really interesting question because, like, we've done this whole what would you kind of recasting, but also these things such as, um, you know, recasting films or even changing genres of films. But I think four through six now, as we mentioned earlier in the night, uh, are 40 years old. Yeah. So. And the chinks in the armor do show up a little bit in some of those films, as even Bill mentioned. Um, it's hard to think about any character outside of the classic iconic people we've seen play them. But does anybody have an idea where to start? Uh, one easy answer. Mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor. <laughs> as Obi-Wan as Kenobi. Obi-Wan? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think we can all yeah. agree on that one, regardless. <laughs> yeah. as you just that's, him up. that's the only easy answer I have. I'm sorry. We could still get Frank Oz to do Yoda, right? Yeah, I think we could, we're, we're good there. He's the one that you bring back, and you can still bring back Tony Daniels, and you you bring Warwick uh, Warwick Davis in to help out with R two, mm-hmm. since Kenny Baker's no longer around, right? Um, but if you you update it for modern audiences, I mean, you you have some very tricky roles to fill. Um, eh, Luke, I think you could probably. Feel pretty easily. Uh, actually, I have a really good answer for Luke on yeah. how who you and this is my version of the film because okay. this is everybody is going to have their own versions. Okay. Um, if I had to do mine, I would actually go with uh, somebody that is on uh, that's about to be in a TV show, and I think he's the right 
fit for it because he's kind of that you-don't-know-his-face kind of idea. Okay. Uh, is Brenton Thwaites, who's going to be playing Dick Grayson in the upcoming Titans movie or okay. TV show. Uh, he was he played a side character and played Will Turner's son in the recent Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Okay. He showed oh, a lot of a lot of um, prowess for you know acting. They just didn't give him a lot to do, but the scenes that he had in that film were actually incredibly well done and probably the standouts of that movie. Yeah. Um, and right. he has that look of somebody that can fill, I think, and fit into that kind of farm boy esque role. I think really in a Kind of a fun way. Yeah. Um, I think when you get into characters like... What? I honestly, I think if I, I if I had to do my Han Solo, uh, I'd go Chris Pratt. Uh, I I've disagree. Always... So, so we were talking about this yeah. before we started, and we both disagreed on Chris Pratt after uh, some discussion. Yeah. But I think I have the perfect person for Han Solo. Oh, I want to know. David Harbour. Who's that? Oh, yeah. Chief Hopper from Stranger Things. Things. Yeah. It's about being awesome. But I have some, I have some comical replacements. Okay. I have some comical okay. replacements. I, I'd like to make a suggestion for Chris Pratt to be Lando Calrissian. Yes. yes. See, that I can that, see. That, I think that would be fits good. more. <laughs> Chris Pratt, the thing is, like, even when he does serious roles, he can't quit the goofy so it's a little less roguish and debonair like you know it you get a little less scoundrel and a little more silly okay you know i can't detach him as andy like so, it's just impossible so for comical replacements we can replace anthony daniels with neil patrick harris <laughs> we no could. i know exactly actually let me finish my round and then Go you ahead. can do <laughs> so if i had to replace 3po with anthony daniels i'd go simon peck I think Simon Pegg, you keep with the, the British flair, I think, is the right way to go still with that I can character. See that, and he can still deliver lines very dryly. Yep. And I think yeah. that is still, he fits. Pesh, um, I know you stepped away for a yeah, second. I was saying uh, for me, my, my Luke Skywalker would be Britton Thwaites, who's relatively new into acting. But, I don't um, know who that is. He was only in the recent Pirates of the Caribbean film, and he's going to be in the, he's playing Robin. Never saw it. Um, yeah, I'm in, no good at this portion. stuff. Me but I was saying, I don't know actors. I don't know directors. Um, yeah. If you wanted to, I said for my three PO, I would do Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. Um, if I actually had to go with a new Leia, mm-hmm. uh, I'd actually go with Alicia Vikander, who's going to be playing Lara Croft. Uh, she was the Academy Award winner, and she's kind of more the tough chick, and uh-huh. I think would fit well into that role. Um, <laughs> What's up? I just had a thought. What? If I could go back and do it, I'd have Adam Sandler play <laughs> Luke Skywalker, and then Adam Sandler in drag play Leia. <laughs> oh, we're, we're destroying Mike right now. I feel so bad. I think if you do a Chewie, though, Star you're... Wars ruined for I think if you, if you have to do Chewie and somebody, that's, that's somebody that's tall, but that can do... That, that maybe can pull this off. If you want to add an interesting, weird element to it, I can never remember the actor's name, but the guy that plays John Ralphio. <laughs> Body language and all, I think he would he'd be he able to... The, he's the voice of BB-8, though. He is one of the voices yeah. of BB-8. Yeah. Uh, but I would pull him, him in. He has a part. Um, <laughs> and then I would say, probably for, for Solo, uh, my, my viewpoint is still Chris Pratt. 
I think if you give him an opportunity, I, I still think if you, I, my right. viewpoint still is if you gave him a really good, hard, like serious role to do, he could pull it off. I don't think he does. Hey. Every serious role I've seen him in, he have just you seems seen him in Zero Dark? Have you 30? seen him in Zero Dark Thirty? I haven't. Okay. That's a severe, serious war film. Yeah, he, he, he plays an ABC. And that's the first time I've yeah. ever seen him in anything. And yeah. honestly, yeah, I, I think he would have the capability of taking the role very seriously. He's great to write a kind of goofy, fun-loving no, character for, but I think he can't My Han Solo? John Hamm. I can see that. John I can see that. That's actually, mine was either John Hamm or Idris Elba. Could see A or B, yeah. Ooh, John Hamm. What, yeah. What's he been in? You've I got probably not. Mad Men, but he was also in Baby Driver. That would be good. Yeah, because yeah, both of them can do swap. The That's the thing that Chris Pratt is missing. He's goofy, and he does that really well. But I don't think he has that suave that Harrison Ford just wings on in naturally with. You know. And then Obi Wan. We all that agree be... that Obi Wan continues to be Ewan McGregor. Just hmm. well, yeah. <laughs> So I would say we're, let's just focus on the main cast. Um, Vader's you still, a, you know, it, it's you could just put you could put anybody you want in there. It's still would James Earl Jones as his the voice. Face, though Hayden Christensen, I would replace him in a heartbeat. I don't know. Well, who we're with, talking about but... four, five, and six. Oh, okay. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> might be able to pull off a hand solo in those thoughts. No, he knocks some of the attitude out of there. He's suave. It's just he, he is, comes across cocky suave. But if you knock the if you if you knock a little bit of the cockiness down a couple of notches, it might fit. So think? so here's my here's my spin. Yeah, okay. yeah. here's my spin. Yeah, with like I know. romantic comedy comedy Star Wars. <laughs> uh oh. So Neil Patrick Harris, C three PO. Okay, I can see that. Dig it. Peter Dinklage is R two D two, who can actually speak. Oh yes. God! Ah, I, I'd pay, I, I would pay to see that twice in theaters. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. is Han Solo. Yeah. Star Wars: The Electric Connection. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe as Luke Skywalker. Okay, I like where you're going. Aubrey Plaza as Leia. Nice. Who's Aubrey Plaza? I like that. Uh, uh, April Ludgate. Oh yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. then yep. Hmm. Oh, I got my Leia. Yeah. No, I can see that. Amelia Clark. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, finish out your character, sir. Who else do I have? Um, do you have your... Wait, who did you say your solo is going to be? Oh, uh, yeah, I just said uh, Robert Downey Jr. RDJ. Just to keep, just to make sure we keep his streak alive, Sean Bean as Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. That's actually not a bad casting choice. You can make him Tarkin. You can make him Tarkin as well, <laughs> yeah. Like, it works. Actually, um... Oh my god, I can't. Uh, Charles Dance is as Tarkin. Oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. I would go Charles really Dance good. as Tarkin. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be really good. <laughs> he, he's a good fit for that role. Yeah, he is. Charles Dance is awesome. Cat. Um, I had a couple, but those were the ones that I blurted out, so I think that's all I got. So, what was... Can you recap a few? Uh, the only ones I really like came up with, because I've been thinking, and I'm just trying so, to... So, you're saying this. yes, Char- uh, so... I'm down with Charles Dance's. Charles Dance's Tarkin. Tarkin. But Amelia Clark is um, Leia, Leia, I think would fit. Who's your then, Who's um, your Luke? I don't know. Again, you could just put push, like put any. So in seriousness, <laughs> actually, even in serious casting, Daniel Radcliffe is Luke. I think he could do a good job. I don't know. We may not. Yeah. Butterfield. <laughs> yeah. Also, don't know. Yeah. He's also pretty young. Like Luke was a little. Well, he's he's not so, uh, Luke he's supposed to be supposed 18. eighteen. Yeah. Okay. 
Fish. I don't know. I'm bad <laughs> know, at this game. I yeah, I don't know too. enough. I think Guillermo del Toro would be good as either Emperor Palpatine <laughs> or as as Obi Wan. Honestly, I could see him filling oh, either role. Obi-Wan. Yeah, oh, I could Jesus. see. I could no. Guillermo del Toro, the yeah. director. Benicio del Toro. Or I'm just saying, <laughs> Benicio del Toro. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, well, Benicio del Toro. He is, we will, see, del Toro. We, we will see him in uh, the but upcoming film. So if you wanted Simon Pegg as C-3PO. We could only have Nick Frost as the voice of Darth Vader. That's why I'm no good at this game. <laughs> Who is later overdubbed, just like James Prowess yeah. was, or David Prowess was, and then they just bring back in. So we have Vader a pretty himself. pretty chubby Darth Vader there. I think I'd like to see a female Han Solo. I would too. That would be oh. awesome. But you know, would be a really good Han Solo. Whoever that guy was that acted in all those Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> <laughs> he would be terrific. He would be awesome. awesome. You, mean, you mean Shia LaBeouf? Is Shia LaBeouf. Oh, good. Wait, quick question. Quick question. Where would you put Shia LaBeouf in this list? You don't have a choice. Luke. He's in the contract. No, I don't think Shia LaBeouf Jawa. would be. <laughs> the, the weird, tall, random, tall, tall Jawa. Yeah. I could, no, no, no. The bartender at Mos Eisley. Oh, yeah. I think he could, yeah, I think he could pull that off. Snaggletooth, the one that gets, loses his arm. That's not the bartender. No, order. Oh, that's the, right. The that's actual right. Snaggletooth is the one that reaches for the drink. Hmm. He's the short one. Okay. All right. So, Neil, how about this? Are there... Because we're having a hard time doing this, and I think it's because all of us <laughs> can't know. replace these characters no, in our brains. It's, it's, it's too difficult. difficult. Not only that, yeah. I don't know enough actors. Is there any parts of the original yeah, four, five, and six you would change, though? I would take out that damn in the cave scene. <laughs> Out of Jedi, I'm sorry, I would. No, it's so traumatic. Out of Empire, or I mean Empire, yeah. I, 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 I would, really I would like that. It was unnecessary. Yeah, it really, it just effed everything up. Like the whole flow gets disrupted. Um, you're left confused and reeling. I think, I, know what it means I, I, think now, I would but... trim back drastically from the Jabba's Palace starting in Jedi. I remember as a kid, I don't know why, but yeah. anytime I was like, I'm going to watch a Star Wars movie, and then I, you would go through. I'm like, I have limited time. Do I want to watch Jedi? I'm like, only if I fast forward through most of the Jabba's Palace stuff. And to get, get to, to the, the good part. To get to the fight. Get, yeah. get, get to the good stuff. To get to the fight. And you get to the good stuff. And you're like, the rest of it, that, that's, that's a slow Cut start. Cut out one of the songs. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I, I still like the original version. Not Jedi Rocks. Right. Jedi right. Rocks sucks. Everybody agrees Jedi Rocks sucks. Um, but I, I think, honestly, I would just trim back the, the Jedi's, uh, Jabba's Palace sequences quite a bit. So... I could see that. I could see that. The rest of it, it falls together so well. There's it very, does, very yeah. little that you need to lose, or, or yeah. honestly, I think can lose. I mean, it, a lot of it's so okay. interconnected. Well, let's get to the stuff that we really want to talk about tonight before we wrap this up and we get into our MFD tonight, um, <laughs> which sounds kind of mentally worse when you say it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, so, Last <laughs> Jedi is out in. Just hours we can count. We're at an hour counting point. Ooh, at this point, yeah. We, do, we you have, have, do you actually have from, an app for that from, for countdown? Do. From the, from the night of recording, we are now three days away from us sitting down in the theater, and we will be in the theater for an hour at this point in time we'll have already. An official, we'll have an official time counter in a second. Yes. Um, so Which is... Star Wars The Last Jedi. Three days, five hours, four minutes. But that's for a Friday show. Okay, so... <laughs> You just have to trim a day off of it, and you're fine. So, um, for less than three days out, so excited. So, as far as last shot is concerned, for everybody here, um, yeah. First, most important question because it was the first thing that Fish posed: 
Are porgs cute? <laughs> they're What's a cross between an otter and a penguin. Well, of course they're cute. Or a puffin, I think, I think they're supposed to be. I think they're cute, but a lot is going to be dependent on the noise coming out of them. Yes. If I the noise you is like not cute, high pitched I do. Noises. If it's a high pitched squeaky they make noise, those sounds. I will like it. Am I missing but if something? it's like a really low, gravelly, weird, annoying, wookie noise, I will not like it. Why are we talking about porgs? <laughs> Oh, that's why we're talking about porks. Okay, I do. That that character seems familiar for some reason. Uh, the first time we've seen them. But we also see the crystal wolves um, in this, too. What are crystal wolves? We're going to find out. They're like regular wolves on crate, only made out of crystals. Yes. That's Very awesome. friendly. So, um, okay, but let's get. Well, porgs are definitely in, cute, according to that picture. In all seriousness, though, as they far are. as the last shot is concerned, uh, let's just go around and have a little conversation about this as far as what our thoughts are. Uh, as we head into this, uh, get your theories out now, just because it's fun to go back and look at these. Oh, God. I love how it's great to see if we're going to get things horribly, horribly wait, wrong. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Hold on. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know about all that. <laughs> Give me a good old Wookiee yowl. Anyway. The best part is Chewie growls and it mimics his growl. That's, <laughs> that's that attempt at it mimicking a Wookiee howl. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I like it still. Yeah. Even though Wookiees suck. <laughs> okay. Um, really Alright, so Star Wars The Last Jedi is going to be with us in just a couple quick days now. Um, we definitely have to make some predictions here because it's fun when we go back and look at how wrong we were because that's kind of interesting. Um, so, um, personal predictions. Let's each have one major personal prediction. Let's Kick off well, this, this fast. I'm going to start off with Bill because yeah, Fesh is definitely not ready. Yeah. What is, Bill, what is your first prediction for The Last Jedi? I think Ray falls to the dark side. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think Ray will finally be able to let her arm come down from holding it outstretched oh. since the end of last movie. We already now. know this. That's how the movie starts. <laughs> it is. So. I don't really know. I mean, I like to go into these completely blank, honestly. Like, you know, and just experience it. So I don't usually form too many predictions. Still, the name of the game is, even as as outlandish as humanly possible, make a prediction. We are providing entertainment They are going to, midway through, break out into a musical dance sequence. Cool. It's it's been a while since we've had one in Star Wars, but they have happened. So, hey. Max Rebo's coming back. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so we have a musical dance sequence will take place in episode eight. <laughs> Fish. Oh, I'm still on board with the Mortis uh, the whole plot line where um, Luke is the father to replace the father from the Clone Wars um, when they visit the giant D8 in space. Okay, you have to explain. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know what you're Clone talking Wars, about. In the Clone Wars, there's a does. series of episodes that actually cover Anakin's true destiny. To, re- to bring balance to the Force... Um, there are ancient force beings, the father, the son, and the daughter. The father represents the balance, the son is the dark side, the daughter is the light side. Oh. Hmm. Anakin, instead of taking the father's role, causes trouble, and the dark side wins. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? And then you get the rest of the movies. Yeah. Um, so, I think Luke is taking the role of the new father. Uh, Rey is going to be the new daughter. And Kylo is going to be the new son. I'm not sure if they're going to be switched respectively for the light side and dark side for the son and daughter. But I think we're going to see a lot of them both rejecting their masters and setting out on their own way to try to discover 
as we've seen, who they are. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Luke's not going to interfere with that to let things happen. I think Snoke is the son from the Clone Wars. Because he escapes. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. But I know that's all wrong. But that's my predictions. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow. Fish. Wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. I don't know, man. I, I'm... I'm uh, you want to see some X-Wings? Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm kind of... Uh, I'm kind of thinking, and, and you, yours sounds a lot smarter than mine. Yeah. <laughs> Only because I've done a lot of watching of Star Wars See, stuff. I had thought we were going to see Luke basically taking on uh, the attitudes and, and, and actions of uh, Obi-Wan. Because, I mean, he's gone hermit, mm-hmm. right? And he's kind of sure. gone off the map and become disconnected. My theory is Ray is going to get him re-energized and back on the path. That's my thought. I think he is he has fallen into despair and he's kind of just grinding out his days not in a desert, on a water planet, but still he's in that hermit mindset. I I just you know, hermit, not herbert. Herbert would be a different <laughs> thing. But he's in that hermit mindset. He's letting the 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 actions of the 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 universe flow around him and he is just disconnected. Mm-hmm. Ray showing up is going to reconnect him and and bring him back Back online. That's that's yeah. my thoughts. But yours are much better grounded in, in knowledge and theory than mine are. But that would that's what I'm expecting to see is this buildup of her cracking his I've I'm stopped caring demeanor mm-hmm. to pull him back online for the last for nine. Um, I'm actually gonna kind of piggyback a little bit off of Bill. I do think Ray is gonna fall, but I also think Kylo Ren is going to come back in the same time, and I think we're gonna see a total shift. Like a massive tonal shift. Um, I think we're going to see Kylo Ren come back to the light and Rey fall uh, before this movie's over. Mm-hmm. And I think Luke is still going to pull her out of it before this film is over. And you're going to see the Jedi pendulum really favor them going into the final film. And I think you're going to see... We're going to find out a lot more as far as... Snoke is, is Snoke's involvement. I think we're going to really see that play out in a really massive, massive way. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Ray also is connected to anybody everybody's expecting. I think she is actually just a person just in this galaxy. Disagree. Really? I don't. I can't be. Too. Can't be. The way she yeah. was abandoned on that planet was for yeah. her safety. Well, no, She's connected I, I, could, somewhere. I could see I her like connected somewhere along the lines, but not characters we know. Um... And, but if it, if it was a character we know, I, my prediction is probably going to be wildly outside of everybody else's. Which is? Palpatine. Hmm. hmm. You'd be Palpatine's granddaughter, you think? Possibly. I still think Obi-Wan. So, um, but my thought process is we're going to see a shift. We're going to see a massive shift, and we're going to see Ray fall, and that's going to be the reason that Luke comes back. I mean, I'd hate to see Disney take the, the obvious path, which would be memory-wiped Luke's daughter. I don't think it's Luke's daughter. Yeah, I mean, I don't I either, but but I wouldn't put it... I mean... I do, there's too many There's formulaic to it. Yeah. It's, it's very formulaic, but again, I mean, you got to admit she picks it up fast. Now, granted, Kylo Ren's a weak Sith in the in the fact that he allows emotion to drive... Or, well, you no, know, that's the point of the Sith. Well, he's not a good Sith. are encouraged. No, but he... He's he, not he a la- Sith either. He, well, okay, but. yeah. But, I mean, he la- he lacks the focus and control of his anger necessary to really make him a dangerous, dangerous force, which... He's just a Sithlet. Which could be part of the reason she survives, but she just... She picks it up too goddamn quickly 
not to have in have some, some way have been yeah. trained or indoctrinated prior to be being dumped. And I still think she was Well, actually, white. here's an important question for everybody in this room. Okay. Do we think we're going to even find out race parentage in this I, film? I don't think so. I think we're going to get heavy hints. We're going to get heavy hints for a reveal in, in um, A or B, they could do it in this film because if they're like, you know... Depends the, on the her midway. reports. What's that? It depends on her importance. I feel like yes. if, if, like you said, if she's related back to a character that that isn't primary, then they're gonna they're gonna think about when Luke, Bo- I am your father, landed. Empire, yeah. the end of Empire. Yeah, that's my point. If it's gonna be a big drop, it's gonna be in the second movie because you don't want to leave that for the third. Yeah, you yeah. want to, you know. And the second movie is also where you get the drop that Qui Gon was uh, Count Dooku's apprentice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not to the same impact, but right. <laughs> it's a reveal that you're like, oh, what? Exactly. That's when you do your plot twists. Okay. You don't wait until the third. You also okay. find out Dooku was Yoda's apprentice. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so everybody everybody thinks we're going to still find out the parentage of Rey before the end of this film. I think so. It's not yeah. going to be Rey anymore. Uh, I, it's going yeah. to be, boom, it is going to be Rey Kenobi, Yo, Rey Skywalker, Skywalker, whatever it may be. They're too smart, and honestly, like, the thing is, you know, they built up so much of a mystery of it in the first movie. If you draw it out over two, you're going to, like, it's it's going to deflate a little bit, the momentum. Okay. Everyone wants it now. Yeah, but I mean, in a kind of interesting way, they know everybody wants it now. It might be interesting to go, no, now no, we're going to hold off. If they hold off on it, then they lose impact from the overarching big battles and eventual goal of what they want to achieve in the third act. Granted, I mean, it depends on depends on whose daughter she is. Yes, if it if turns out to be some sort of a, a then really then they do it cathum- whenever anything, yeah. everyone's going to be disappointed. I mean, there could be some such a big thing. Eh, it could be misdirection. We'll see. We're, we're going to find out in two okay. days. Next important question for everybody. Maybe she's the next king. <laughs> um, and we can't say this officially. Rain Johnson came out on multiple talk shows and said, and so did Daisy Ridley. She is not the same situation as Anakin. She was not, It's this is not an immaculate conception of the Force. So that has been 100% ruled out, which is a lot of people's theories. So that is done. So we yeah. know all of this, and that makes me happier to know that. So, um, what is the one thing at this table everybody wants to not happen in this movie? Oh man, I definitely don't want Luke cracking open a Coca Cola <laughs> after the after the after he takes her back to the cave that he's been living in. No product placement. No product placement is number one. Number two, fish. Oh, um, you're welcome. I don't even I don't even know where to go. Um, what do I want to not happen? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't want Jar Jar Binks to show up. <laughs> That's about it. Number two, no Jar Jar Binks. I'll take the Coke over Jar Jar Binks. Cat, number three. Oh, man. I don't, I don't really have anything. Um, Cat's like, no Wookiees. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> no, honestly, um, yeah, skip me for now. Okay, we'll come back to you in a second. Uh, number three, Bill. I don't want Kylo Ren to find redemption in this movie. Okay. Uh, number four for me. No Death Star type weapon. That's fair. Yeah. Number Shouldn't five. Back to Cat. No! <laughs> Shouldn't be a problem. I don't think there is. I don't want the porks to be disappointing. Oh, fair enough. Okay. And 
One of the final things before we wrap up our Last Jedi predictions. Mm. Do we think we're going to see another classic character death in this film? We are going into this with three. Well, no, more than that. We also have 3PO. We have R2. We do have Luke, Leia, and Chewie. Don't we have Admiral Akbar as well? And Akbar is still in the No Lando, though, right? No Lando. Lando Lando is not making an appearance in this film Guaranteed? Confirmed? Sir, it's been confirmed. Been confirmed, uh, okay. Sir, not, in, uh, not, not appearing, so not in, appearing this in this film. film. Yes. Yeah. It has been 100% confirmed that Billy Williams is not making an appearance in this movie. Well, they're going to have to do something with Carrie Fisher's passing. Yeah. It's going to have to be addressed in two. Well, actually, they're going to have to have cut her character line off to the point where her not showing up in three isn't jarring. breaking right. up or jarring. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering how... They intend they're to either handle. They're going to kill her off, or they're going to. Do you think it's better to just write her off into the sunset? Yeah, but the Versus question is, her? would they have? Did they do that though? That's I think the that's problem. one of the things that they said they were trying to do. Yeah. Trying to figure out how to do that, how to how to retire her gracefully without. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because I mean, it was it was shocking with her passing, and I I don't know what the movie looked like at the point we, that, that we, happened. We did hear her dog actually makes a cameo in the film, and they turned Aww, the her Carrie Fisher's dog into an alien in the movie. Oh, that's awesome! Wait, that's an alien? Like chestburster, now we've got half dog. Yes, half, that. Oh, man, this is <laughs> not that's how princess or sorry, general this whole movie goes is out. By this, I was going to say, this whole movie is going to be them hunting this thing down um, with lightsabers. With lightsabers. So, so well, actually, I, I this is so we we do feel. Who thinks Carrie is going to die or Leia is going to die? I do. I think along with Admiral Akbar. Okay, think Akbar's checking out. Oh. I think I think we're going to see a big. Uh, hit to the resistance uh, from the remnants, first that, order. Uh, ooh, in this movie. that would kind of fall in line with with Empire because yeah, because they suffer a massive hit on the base on Hoth before, but it was during that period of time when they're trying to collect the scattered remnants that right. Luke's getting trained. You could see a mirror of that in, in ways. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, I think Luke and Chewie are going to come in and save the day with the Falcon. <laughs> yeah, Luke does. He does make an appearance on the Falcon in the in the previews. Um, oh, nice. My personal thought process is: I don't think we're going to lose anybody from the original trilogy in this at all. I think everybody's making it out. Okay, I think that makes sense. Does everybody? I, mean, agree? I feel I that way as well. It could go either I way. So I think it could go either. After way. you lose Han. Do we need to really actually really keep, keep killing off other no, people? No, because then it feels too overdone. Well, no, but to me it seems more natural. Well, they're, they're all in advanced stages at this point anyway. They're they're starting to have the curtain come down as the curtain's coming up on the new generation. I could see forwards. Luke maybe I, dying at nine. Oh, almost definitely. Yeah. But I don't... Do I see anybody from the... The only person I feel that's the expendable character in this film is Chewie. As a potential, but even still, yeah. that feels like I think they kind of need. They, to come yeah, around. then you're forcing a problem on the Falcon. Yeah, yeah. You're, well, yeah. are you? We have a new custodian of the Falcon. You do, are you? Right, right. Who's your co-pilot, Finn? A Porg, <laughs> by the looks of it, or Luke. And Luke would be like, "Move over, I'm driving." <laughs> All right. That'll be interesting. I wonder what's happening with Finn moving forwards. Well, we know Finn and the new character Rose are going to be major counterparts in this this film. And we know okay. Laura Dern, uh, who everybody remembers very well from as Ellie Sattler in 
of Jurassic Park, who was Alan Grant's bestie, uh, is the new head of the Rebel Alliance in this film. Resistance? So, the Resistance. Sorry, not the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> Granted, we do see Poe rocking the Rebel Alliance uh, logo on his jacket now, so kind of curious. Um, all right, so uh, any last thoughts on The Last Jedi before we close this out and move into our closing segment of this episode? I'm excited. I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm. That's honestly, that's this is the one that I'm the most anticipating. I think out of this entire series, I want to see how it all ends. So I'm excited. <laughs> I guess I'll go see it. Okay. <laughs> Just, um, I guess I'll go see it. I have 14. Minutes, I think the best non-spoilery. Well, the yeah, best non-spoiler review from Monday night's premiere was this film will shatter you and put those pieces back together before the adventure is over. Um, nice. So I'm really looking forward to what that means. Um, So normally in a standard episode, we would do Merry Fuck Kill, but because this is Star Wars, I figured it was best to call this Merry Fuck Disintegrate. No disintegration. (laughs) I was doing doing that specifically because I knew someone was going to say that. (laughs) Um, So tonight's roster of characters is, I figured the best way to do this is take one Jedi Master from each of the eras of these films. So we have Qui-Gon Jinn from the prequels, Obi-Wan Kenobi from episodes four through six, and Luke Skywalker from episodes seven and eight at least. <laughs> so, because we don't know. <laughs> There's not a lot to go on with Luke Skywalker from the seventh. But I'm just saying is... It's am I going to MFD this guy that just stands in <laughs> with a vapid look on his Please face? Please say that again, <laughs> sir, because it just sounds so dirty. Am I going to MFD him? <laughs> I might MFD him. We'll see where the night goes. But it doesn't mean you have to choose Obi-Wan Kenobi only from 4 through 6. Oh, okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to choose Luke only you from... them at any age. I take Qui-Gon Jinn from episode 7. All right. So let's start this off. <laughs> we're we're going to start this... <laughs> He's like, I always wanted to sleep with a ghost. Um, let's start with Bill tonight. Force Handy. To be fair, Qui-Gon never showed up as a ghost. That's true. We only heard him as a ghost. Mm-hmm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off by disintegrating Luke. I'm sorry, Luke, oh. Luke fanboys. So. Uh, I'm going to marry Obi-Wan Kenobi because Obi-Wan is seems like a, a, a giving and generous husband. He's a hermit. Yeah. And I'm gonna, Are you a taking a generous husband? Yes. Sorry. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to, to sub in for Qui Gon Jin for the fuck of Mace Windu. Because uh, why not? Because awesome. he's a bad motherfucker. Subbing in Mace Windu. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll Eiffel Tower. Oh, he's Qui Gon. That's. Boy, I bet you there's a fanfic of that already out there. I'm oh, sure. yeah. I'm and, and I'll be very surprised if there's one with Bill in that fanfic already. I wouldn't be. Then I, I was like, Bill, you probably wrote this, didn't you? No. That would be my fault. <laughs> no. And then we're like, Megan, you probably wrote this, didn't you? No. <laughs> okay. Um, Fesh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry Luke Skywalker. He seems like he lives in interesting times. <laughs> I'm going to fuck Qui-Gon Jinn and disintegrate Obi-Wan Kenobi because I have father issues. Can't disintegrate Obi-Wan Kenobi. I have father issues. You can zap it. Nope. Disintegrating Obi-Wan. Kenobi doesn't see it coming. (laughs) Don't worry. He'll just hide in plain sight and you won't be able to find him. (laughs) What's he going to do? Crawl under a rock in the desert? Oh. (laughs) No, he'll just stand out in the open and you won't see him. That's what he does throughout all the movies. Go back and watch them. I will. uh, Yeah, now I'm going to have to watch him with that in mind. <laughs> um, the most obvious is in episode two and episode 
four, of course. Here's the thing, though. Through all of this, I'm definitely going to make a pork watch. <laughs> to and be torture for Yeah, yeah, but it, it, is that like a new swatch? It, it is, but the pork the pork will be my best man in the Mary scenario. Okay, yes. Cat, what is your answer to this atrocity? This week? <laughs> so I'm going to disintegrate Qui-Gon. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, boo. And then um, I'm actually going to fuck Luke Skywalker because I feel like he would be eager to please. So I mean, that could be worth. <laughs> That's a decent. Yeah, you've got a point. As long as he's got his power converters from Tashi Station first. <laughs> and then um, I would marry Obi Wan because he's a badass. Um, fish. Well, I'm gonna marry Qui Gon Jinn because I could definitely spend the rest of my life with him. Yeah, all right. Um. Since Obi-Wan's going to be around anyway. <laughs> and then I'll disintegrate Luke Skywalker. Two votes for disintegrating the old Luke. So, no, I'll disintegrate him when he's young. Young Luke? Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, if you go back to season one, two, and... Or, okay. He'll just, no, be, wait, wait, he'll wait, wait, just be there. He'll, be, he'll actually be home when, you know, the, the stormtroopers come and burn Aunt, Uncle Owen and Amber. And then Vader will be like, No! No. Again, this is happening. I feel like we're really PG, so I feel like I have the need to step this up a little bit. Go ahead. Uh-oh. I, I talked about Eiffel Tower. You did, yeah. you did, you did. did. But like, Jesus. it was really calm after that. Now I feel like the bar was raised early, and it, it just kind of petered out. So I think I'm gonna have to be a bad man for a second here. Uh, so Luke, uh, so you know, you wanna. You, try to figure out how that's going to work and you say okay let's be switches and you know it's like okay I'll give a little and then he's like I'm going to give a little and then it's and then just negative impacted right on the surface so it shows that he can't do that right <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to have to put Luke down because I uh, couldn't even get in three votes for disintegration negative, uh, didn't, go in. negative didn't go in and it's just going to be like hey I want to do this stay on target <laughs> I want to do this stay on target so stop thinking about porkins <laughs> Then Qui-Gon Jinn is the obvious fuck because he has a handy-dandy bright new hole in the middle of him, so hey, new position just to start now, all over from the beginning. That hole's a little too big. Yeah. Unless you're trying to say something. I didn't say it was long, but I never said it wasn't girthy, so. Um, And then Obi-Wan Kenobi is the obvious marrying choice. Um, Because this this is, it's you and McGregor and you just want to cuddle. You thought I was going to end that in a bad way, so. Should have ended in a bad way. I'd cuddle with you and McGregor. I raised, I, honestly, I would still take it from I you raised the bar high. Okay. I kept the bar erect. You did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ding. I also corpse banged a Jedi, though. You so. did. <laughs> um, and I feel like a horrible person for doing that. But did hey. Did you his ghost watch? Yep. Uh, ooh. Of course. Because <laughs> that beats a porg any day of the week. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> beats All right. So... That was our Star Wars episode. Stay tuned in a couple days for our Star Wars Last Jedi spoiler cast, where we will get into the nitty-gritty of the new film. And I have no idea what's going to come from it. I just know I'm terribly excited. Um, But before we get out of here, a little housekeeping, I think. And uh, people can kick around the room if they've got anything special going on in their lives that they feel like bringing up. Yay, nay? Anybody? No. Phil. No. No. Cat. No. Fish. I'm waiting on a lightsaber. Yay! Yay! Fish. I like tacos. Oh, ah, that's <laughs> also yay! yay. I mean, come on, it's making Christmas right now. Making yeah. Christmas. Christmas making oh, actually, Christmas. how about this? Instead of what's going on, Christmas. your most anticipated thing you want for Christmas. 
Oh, jeez. Put you oh. on the spot. Holy shit. I want a smartwatch. You want a smartwatch. Cat, what do you want? Thousand kittens. Fish. <laughs> uh, my f- two front teeth. Oh, uh, okay. Fish. <laughs> Oddly enough, Jude lost one of his front teeth. Did he? So, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, while we were on vacation. Um, what do I want for Christmas? I wrote a list while I was at Cracker Barrel the other day because they had these cards. I was at the Cracker Barrel with the kids. So they gave the kids the cards. I stole one. <laughs> Started writing my yeah, Christmas. It's fair. You're, you're an adult. Um, stealing from kids is easy when you're an adult. Right? It's super easy. Especially when you're their dad. Exactly. Um, I, on my list was, uh, what, uh, new Star Wars movie? Okay. Mm-hmm. You're getting that. You're getting that. A new lightsaber? You're getting you're that, getting too. That. You paid for it. Um, <laughs> like a Star Wars hoodie? You'll probably. Yeah, you're probably. Yeah, yeah, I probably yeah. will. You'll probably. I'm wearing a Batman one right now. I was so. going to say, I was like, nice. no. But I have my R2-D2 shirt on, so. Yeah. Uh, socks and underwear? You're, you're probably getting, that. Solid, getting those. Yeah. You're an adult. You're um, getting those. You know what, though? That is still one of the best gifts for an adult. Because that's something that you don't have to go to the store and buy for yourself. Yeah, you don't realize it's as awesome. a kid how, how no, amazing that is. No, I know. It's is. fantastic. I forget what else was on the list at the moment. Oh, Peace on Earth. Uh, you're probably you're not, not getting it. For me, no one's ever got what I want most for Christmas uh, for Friday to go really well. Um, <laughs> you, oh yeah, uh, I have a surgery coming up this coming week, which I'm not looking forward to. So, um, not but, a thousand kittens, Rob? No, no, we have three cats, and I don't want any more after Ooh, the three yeah, we have. No, Actually, for Christmas, I want the pea scent in our house to go away. I Thank do too. Chrono. That would be fantastic. Yeah, uh, but anyway, a uh, little housekeeping we need to do as always. Uh, always as a big special thanks. Um, thanks to the guys at uh, Game Chop Records, especially DJ Cutman. Um, the music that we've been putting in front of the show has been around since the Wii U has been around. Which means we've been a show for a lot longer than I think we've realized, even with only 42 episodes. <laughs> yeah. um, which is crazy, because we never did any kind of like, hey, we've done a year, and we've done this. We just keep going. Um, so, go us, I guess. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, in addition to that, though, um, i got to also say, make sure to check out DC Primetime, also on the Next Level Podcast Network. Uh, main reason why is we are doing a big contest for the end of the year, and that is actually in a nice big huge thank you to our good friend Brian C. Roll at Odyssey Art. The reason we're doing this is uh, Brian Roll actually has a subscription service he runs uh, every year where you get some really unique pieces of art purely from his shop, and the only way you can get them, you can't even get them at conventions, is through the subscription service. So what we decided to do is, me and Ben were giving back pretty heavily this year and said, if you like... DC Primetime on Facebook. You also subscribe to either this podcast or that podcast to have done a review of one or the other and also like Brian's page uh, and do a review of one of these shows. You are instantly entered into winning this. This is worth over $100. Me and Ben are paying for this. Um, This is not Brian giving this to us, but Brian helped us so heavily with Extra Life this year that helped us raise over $6,500 our yearly personal best uh and all those things that we helped give away helped us raise another almost full thousand dollars so i can't thank him enough for his generosity and this is us paying it back to him so um if you haven't had an opportunity to and you haven't checked out one of the other shows on next level please do so um we are getting ready to uh wrap up our year with next level radio we will be back again with them again next year uh thanks to ben and uh, the fine folks over there and um, make sure to stay tuned for the Star Wars spoiler cast, which we'll be posting in just a few days, probably about a little less than a week uh, when that comes out. So 
Uh, I hope everybody enjoys Star Wars The Last Jedi. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode. And we'll see you next month for our Villains Spectacular. Yay! Peace. Bye. Good night.